the Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. I want to start off the show by saying a big congratulations to Steve's childhood idol, Chris Draper. Oh, yeah. He was promoted this morning to uh, assistant general manager and director of amateur scouting with the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, nice. He's been within the organization for a long, long time. Um, uh, I think he started in like for strength and conditioning. And if you've seen him today, you could probably see why. Oh, yeah. He and Gary Roberts are probably the strongest, most in shape former NHLers I've ever seen. And they almost fought at the 2017 outdoor uh, legends game. That was I'm so mad. I missed that. I was there, too. Yeah, well, I know, I know you were there, I was, and I'm a little jealous. But you were—you didn't see that part? No, because I uh, like with only a few minutes to go in the game, which, by the way, didn't count. Right? It's an alumni game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like going down the tunnel, and it was the buzz of the tunnel, though. Everyone, did, did you see did Draper, Draper, Dra- uh, freaking Roberts? What was going on? You could—you could tell a couple guys still needed to calm down from it. A little but, fired up. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most guys were pretty cool. Yeah. Chris Draper, the pride of St. Brendan's Elementary. Can you name the one other NHL team besides the Detroit Red Wings that Chris Draper played for? Winnipeg Jets. All right. That one. And then I'm spoiled the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I know what, that. What was he traded for? Uh, it was like a third round pick, wasn't it? Nope. Oh, I don't know. Even less. Future considerations? The. You cannot get. A ninth round? L- Future considerations is nothing. Yeah. This is just a little bit more than less than nothing. Okay. I don't know. A dollar. He's traded for a dollar. He was traded for one dollar. Wow. They got a future Stanley Cup champion, Mm -hmm. future Olympic gold medalist for one dollar. I had his uh, Winnipeg Jets rookie card and he lived up the street for me. Uh, Like we grew up on the same street and... So when he won the cup, those couple of cups in Detroit, the first two years, the back-to-backs, 97, 98, I think, um, we got to go up and hold the cup and that sort of thing. We knew the family and oh. all that sort of thing. So um, I asked him when I, you know, I'm like 10 years old. And the last thing he wants to answer is this, but I said, what happened in Winnipeg? Like I asked, I was like, so like, why didn't you stay with the Jets? Like what happened there? And he's like, well, uh, I was there for a couple of years and um, they weren't giving me any opportunities. So I asked for a trade and that's what happened. From his perspective, at there least from a 10-year-old from what I can remember. So I thought that was, you know, I was like, yeah, that's pretty bold asking for a trade. Um, and then he ends up winning an Olympic gold medal. I just remember him visiting our grade two class a couple months after getting hit by Claude Lemieux. And he was talking like Kanye West. Because he was just, <laughs> you know, he, well, he just, oh, and he, and he had, he that. still had the playoff beard because I assume it hurt to shave. <laughs> or whatever. Wow. Chris Draper in an interview a couple of years ago said that he was able to give Mr. and Mrs. Illich the dollar back. So, <laughs> so he thinks they're even now. <laughs> That's adorable. That's cute. Okay. Imagine Chris Draper after all those years, all those Stanley Cups hands you a dollar and he says, thanks for requiring me. Here's something I need to look up. I, I need to look up how deep the blood feud runs with the that that Detroit Red Wings team mm-hmm. and that Colorado Avalanche team cuz obviously Eiserman is now the GM, Draper is now the assistant GM. Mm-hmm. Claude Lemieux is an agent. Oh, I'm <gasps> The Red Wings do have a Claude Lemieux guy. Who is it? 
Thank you, Puckpedia. <gasps> Moritz Cider? Oh, shit. Is a Claude Lemieux client? Well, I know that Chris Draper, I think, it was it Chris Draper that did an interview with The Athletic a couple years ago, and they asked him about it. And I think they're, that they still don't... It was either Claude Lemieux or Chris Draper that did the interview. And I think there was an apology given by Claude Lemieux. But I don't know if it's been totally accepted. Like, I think that that feud is still happening. Really? Yeah. Or it's like you you agree to disagree on what on the events or whatever it is. But I still believe that there is a underlying tension there that would never get in the way of business. But I don't know. Like, listen, if you go back and you watch that hit. Oh, do you God. think you could forgive the person that laid that on you? Uh, then he goes on and wins the cup. I'd have a hard time getting over that. But then they answered back with back-to-back cup. And they beat Colorado. And they beat Colorado en route. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, you can't have your revenge more whole than that, can yeah. you? Everything kind of turned out fine for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. They, everybody wins. Colorado eventually <laughs> won again, too. Yeah. yeah. But what think, makes me happier... be too upset. What makes me happy is that Colorado didn't win the next year, and that probably eats it through. And, <laughs> and I like that. That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. Drew's. He's gotten a little too confident lately on Drew's Twitter. Misery makes me feel good. Um, a huge shout out uh, to the PWHPA um, and the new league that is coming in January. Now, we haven't done a whole lot of coverage of that. And the reason for that is that we have the Noxie and CAC show and they have been intimately involved, both of them, in this process. So we were thinking that, OK, we could talk about it, but why don't we just wait and let, let them tell you the firsthand story about how things materialized. And uh, I know that people have been asking, like, where's the show been? This is where the show's been. They've been working on this CBA. Um, so we're not going to go much further into it. We're going to kind of let them tell you the story uh, and everything that you yeah. need to know in their episode. It'll probably drop sometime this summer. We just have to wait a few weeks for the dust to settle, I think. There's been an impossible amount of information and also misinformation. A ton of misinformation. Uh, Crazy. A lot of people making a lot of hot takes without knowing the whole story, too. Yeah, and like we could... We could become part of that problem mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> or we could simply let Liz and Corral do their thing. And, uh, listen, but like it, it's, it's funny having, um, like access to them because that way we can be like directly annoying instead of just annoying on Twitter. Yeah. So for everyone who's like, where's the new show? Don't worry. We were like, Hey, <laughs> where's, where's the new show? We were in the WhatsApp group going, Hey guys, you know, uh, can you make one yeah. please? What's happening? <laughs> Nothing. I wouldn't ask, but like also what's happening. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, now the, but other, I would never ask. Uh, so that's what's happening. I wanted to let you know that that is coming now. Um, Toronto, uh, is an expensive place to live as we know. What? And uh, there is a list of the most expensive uh, back property taxes owed to the city uh, by Hoomst. So, you know, you're, you're, if you own a house in Toronto, you, your property taxes can be anywhere from five to $10,000 a year. It's crazy money. It's very expensive, right? I thought Toronto was less. No, it's more. Oh, because it's we more. get all the commuters. We have to support all the commuters, which is why... When they tried to put in a toll road, sucks to suck. <laughs> they tried to put in a toll road for people commuting in, and uh, and the provincial government shut it down because they were worried they wouldn't get reelected, and they didn't get reelected anyway. Mm-hmm. But that's you know we support all the infrastructure for when people used to commute in, but they don't commute in anymore so much. As um, as a commuter, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the one of the highest uh, owing 
places, people, companies on the list is Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. They owe $1.18 million in property tax. <laughs> wow. And listen, I love for, MLSE. For which location? Uh, it is, it looks as though it's the exhibition place. Uh, like where BMO? They, where where BMO Field is. Okay. Um, and so um, it's interesting because of the way it's all set up. Uh, Maple Leaf Sports is sort of like they're like they own and have the ability to manage BMO Field, but they're not a tenant. They're saying they're not a tenant or an owner of BMO mm-hmm. Field, which is why they don't owe the property tax. So what are you? Because the city owns that land. Yeah. And Maple Leaf Sports puts in the money to keep up the stadium and and upgrade it for like whenever you know when the world cup comes they're going to be the one footing the bill for that not the city but they're basically trying to say yeah we're not a tenant but we're also not an owner and they are actually an owner Imagine i being- don't i don't disagree with them because the city owns bmo field yeah i just like the idea that you know the government can come to you with a bill and you just go no nah. <laughs> Maple Leaf. I've like, never done that. I and assume there was going to be like a, a reason that they had. It wouldn't be like, oh, they're not so, paying on, on 40 Bay Street or wherever their offices are, you know? They say they're not a owner. They they say they're not a tenant. They're managers. Mm-hmm. They in a, in a statement to the CBC, BMO oh, Field go. is under a, quote, management agreement with the city, and the teams pay a user fee, not rent. As a result, they shouldn't be tagged with property tax, uh, like traditional exhibition places like Medieval Times or Liberty Grand. Yeah. The ultimate responsibility for paying Payment of realty tax rests with the owner, and MLSE is neither an owner nor a prop, no, owner of the property nor a tenant. Yeah, no, I think they're right. They might actually have a point they here. Own it. <laughs> the, the city said in that deal when they purchased BMO Field, the city said we gotta keep it, like it's it's our thing. Yeah. So why should MLSE be responsible for the property taxes? They're also getting charged one point two five percent on of interest per month. Uh, oh which works gosh. out to be, you know, about 10,000 bucks. Oh, God. Rounding um, <laughs> error. Uh, and the city says they're an excellent tenant. They're a great partner in so many ways. We just hope to get this resolved by the fall. Uh, by the way, Steve, you and I have both, both worked for MLSE and we admire the organization. But how good are they at paying people? So bad. <laughs> like, I'm sure if you're an employee there, it's different. But when you're a contractor, yeah. it's going to be six months. <laughs> So I will say I don't know about employees, but my experience was tumultuous. Yeah. 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 It's it was it like be honest, I, I think I, I enjoyed my time there. It it was not my main source of income, so I wasn't like hurting. But I remember doing a doing one of my two years there. It was like, oh uh, I started in uh early September and did not get paid until early July the following year. This is a story. And that's okay. I, it was okay for me, but I don't think employees have to deal with that. It's a story I'm trying to decide whether or not I should tell. You, maybe you want to hold on that? Or you, you, well, you know which one I'm talking about. I do about. know exactly mm. what you're talking about. I think I think <laughs> I think we just say that this has cor- enough time passed. Big corporations are well, the ownership's changed since then. You could argue that. Hasn't it? <laughs> I'm gonna do it. <laughs> do you want to tell it? I'm gonna tell do it. it. Tell it. What the hell? So uh I was um this did not make the book because I wanted to play nice with MLSE because they were very nice and let me uh, uh, wear a Leafs jersey on the cover of my book. Mm-hmm. But I will tell it now. Bygones are bygones. Sure. I don't hold it against them. I, was, I wasn't I was even upset at the time as much as I was uh, f- just s- flabbergasted. So 
When I was an intern uh, for Leafs TV, which is MLSE, you collect MLSE checks. Um, which I is mean, neat, by the way. Yeah. Oh, super neat. I can say I've collected a check from Rogers, mm -hmm. from Bell, from Maple Leaf Sports. Like, I, I think that's pretty cool. CBC, um, you know, and that's basically it when it comes to this country, right? Uh, I missed out on the score. That's about and You didn't it. get chorus in there, too. Didn't go. Oh, yeah. I got chorus. All I right, wanted to we, get into chorus because the building has a slide. Can we get to the story? So the story <laughs> is that there's a slide at Chorus Entertainment and somebody went on it down it too fast and they had to change the slide. That's a real story as well. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Checks from the zoo. <laughs> you got checks from yeah. uh, Tina. Yeah. You know, my mom did not write me. Many All times. of them were hundreds of dollars too. let me put, let me put it that way. That's how well broadcasting pays. But anyway. Okay. So I was an intern at MLSE many Covered years ago. That. <laughs> we were there at the beginning of the story. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We keep going. Keep going. Right. I was right. doing it for the clip later right. to make Maddie's life easier. <laughs> Here, wait. I'm going to do it again. Okay. So I used to be an intern in MLSE uh, uh, for school, but they paid me 300 bucks a month. It was a huge thing to get a paid internship when your internship was for school, even if it was only 300 bucks a month. Um, so I bring in my $300 check, $300. Okay. Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Mm -hmm. I bring it in and I give it to the teller at unnamed bank. TD. Sure. And they take it to the back and they're gone for a couple minutes. Oh, this is good. And they come back. And they hand me the check back and they go, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to give you this check back because it bounced. <laughs> and they're like, I think you came in here with the confidence that it wouldn't bounce because they obviously saw it said Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment mm. on it. Yeah. Um, but they're like, yeah, this bounced. There's like insufficient funds. You can't cash it. And I go, what do I do? And they're like, try again next week. And I go, uh, okay. So I went back to the bank next week again, like just heart pounding through my chest because another reason why he didn't ding me the fee. It wasn't just that he knew I had the confidence that the check wouldn't bounce. It was that he saw my accounts. I didn't have any money. Uh -huh. Why do you think I'm in the bank trying to cash this $300 check? I yeah. don't have any cash. If you had cash, you could just put it in the bank machine and get it in five days. But no, you needed to cash it now. I needed it. I needed the 300 bucks like for the train so that I could get down to my internship at the Leafs. <laughs> so I go in a week later and I'm like, what if, what if it bounces again and this teller doesn't waive the fee or whatever? But it ended up, it, it cleared. Oh, good. So that was the day I learned MLSE has more than one bank account. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't think Austin has ever been like, excuse me. Yeah, no, I think the players get it on time. <laughs> I think the employees get it on time. It's contractors. And, you know, with major corporations, that becomes a problem. I remember same thing with MLSE. But my, my story uh, was they overpaid me. And here's the thing. What? They added a couple extra zeros. They It was like $10,000. And I think I had maybe over the course of eight months made six or seven grand. So they pay me like 17000 And I contact my, my friend at MLSE and I'm like, hey, 
they just overpaid me 10 grand. Like I, you know, I, what am I? Cause you know, at that point, like I, I also had no money. I did have a mortgage, but I had no money. Um, and I was That's like, why. I, I don't know what to do with this. So I like separated it and put it in like a savings account and whatever and kept it away. And, um, anyway, they were able to get it back. So then the following year I'm working for the team and, uh, and having a great time or whatever. And I cannot seem to get paid. Can't seem to get paid. Can't seem to get paid. And then it, I come to find out that they thought I was working off the money they'd already paid me. So they're like, oh, he oh. already got 10K in advance. So Without just, discussing it with you at all. No, okay. nobody mentioned okay. it. No, and, and I'm like, but go back and check your records. I paid, I gave it back to you. And, uh, and they're like, oh, I guess you did. <laughs> then they issued me a check. <laughs> And it's like, you know, when you're talking about an organization like that at a high level, 10 grand is like a rounding error of a rounding error. It's nothing. And uh, and so I just thought it was I was like, man, they should they probably don't want to be wasting their time with like my tiny little pay compared to what they have to deal with. Think about the cap compliance thing with the NBA and the NHL and all that stuff. But anyway, yeah, I've, I've already told you all the companies that I listed earlier, the only company I have ever worked for that paid me on time every single time was the Toronto Zoo. Wow. The only one. I had That's a, why I wrote a chapter about it. I had a full-time job, uh, a pro- pretty prominent full-time job for the position. And uh, uh, each, each year from my contract, I got a slight increase. And I remember one year, um, I just stopped getting paid. And then so four weeks into it, I'm like, hey, um, hey. can I... What's going on here? And I guess what happened was they had, they have to go into the system, delete what you make, and then insert the new stuff. And they never inserted the new stuff. They just deleted what I made. <laughs> I was like, but I got him it. Come on. <laughs> I never even leave that stuff a week. No, I just, it, I, I was like, oh no, they'll get it. It's, I it's, was too afraid. I didn't want to say anything. To me, it's happened to me enough times that I'm like, they're not paying me. Yeah. So it, it, something's wrong. They're not paying me. So I'm, I'm after them. Like, sh- I'm on them like shit on Velcro. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you, you should be. Now let's talk to Dave. And then today we're going to talk about the rest of where we stand now in NHL free agency. And I also, at the request of producer Drew later on in the show, I want to get Steve and Jesse's, and I'll give you mine as well. I want to get your uh, free agency winners and losers. So I'm asking for one team winner, one team loser. There are obviously multiple winners and multiple losers, but what matters here is why you think one particular team is a winner over the rest of them, right? And why you think one team is a loser over the rest of them and what proof you have to back that up. And then it'll be up to the compliment section to decide whose peaks, whose picks are elite. All right. Ooh. So let's talk to Dave and it's going to be about the hot dog eating contest. You can bet that with David Bastel brought to you by sports interaction, get in the action and make a play 19 plus please play responsibly. All right. So we usually do. You can bet that because there's an event coming up that you might be interested in. But the event that happened yesterday is the one that Jesse needs to brag about. He was talking about it all weekend. Had we been able to do a show on Friday, Steve had laryngitis, we would have been talking about the odds for it. But you can always check them out at sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Jesse, 
Tell us about Joey Chestnut and the hot dog eating contest. The hot dog eating contest is one of my favorite events on the TV calendar every single year because they know how ridiculous it is. Like it's yeah, it's self-aware. it's become like an SNL parody of itself. There was one moment where the uh, the commentator he was like, everyone's talking about AI this and AI that. I want to see an AI chatbot eat forty five hot dogs. <laughs> you know, like they know it's a joke. So I like to watch it and I bet on it, obviously, because because I had to have. Because you it. can bet that. Because you can bet that on sports yes. interaction. I had Joey Chestnut at under 73 and a half hot dogs. And he came in at like 62 or 64, I think it was. Because that was such an easy pick for me. Because like going into it, you knew he wasn't going to set the world record again, which I think was 74, right. 75. So 76. Getting, 76. Yep. There you go. And I knew. So it's going to come in under that. And 73 and a half was a high number. So I took that under and I won myself a good uh, dollar two dollars and forty eight cents. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Did you? Did you? Did you? Uh, okay. So I, I bet that as well. Did you parlay it with the? Is a record going to be set? Because we offered that as well. And if you said under that mark, then obviously you thought no record, and you could have made. Another quarter out of that test. I, Come on, did you, did I you do didn't it? know that was available to parlay, else I would have totally done that. But yeah, no, I just took the under. I thought it was an easy one, and it, and it hit, thankfully. L- let me ask you this, guys. Okay, and because I, I like the event, too. I, I wouldn't go as far as what you're saying about it, but I do like <laughs> the event. It is fun. July 4th It's usually in the middle of the afternoon, which is, yeah. which is perfect for us kind of thing. So uh, do you think they should have more of these things? Like, why doesn't Canada do something for maybe not Canada Day, but maybe like Labor Day weekend? or something Mm. or like would you guys watch this if there was like say three or four major eating champions yes yeah yeah they're they're the canadian eating champion who's from bowmanville was in the competition you guys uh, gotta get him on the show man yeah we should call was darian I forget. I forget his name. I, I texted it to you, but like we have eating competitions with Canadians. Yes. There's, a, there's a world ra- or a national ranking for Canadians. They could totally have this, but Canada doesn't seem to have fun with these things. No, no it doesn't. You know? Not to this extent. No, right? we're very I mean, boring. They really pull it out. Yeah. So, and even even the Joey Chestnut strut to the yeah. to the uh, to the oh. eating area. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> when they're pulling up the Chestnut versus Brady. Chestnut versus Jordan. Chestnut. I mean, come on. But yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. What would be uh, the food if you're going to have if you're going to have it a Canadian one? What's the food? Donuts. Mm. Donuts. I was thinking beaver tails, but donuts are better. You're right. Mm -hmm. Now, is it the full donut or is it like the Timbit? Ooh, good question. Oh, Get it sounds sponsor. like a sponsorship opportunity. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> a now, Tim Hill competition would be awesome. I think it'd be amazing. Yeah. Now, now, would you, if you're eating in that competition, would you want it to be the flavor that you want or would you want it to be the one that, like the old-fashioned plain that has Ooh. the least on it? Because it's just dough, right? See, old-fashioned plain would soak up so much moisture. It will, yeah, that's Ooh. right. You're right. Because <laughs> it's just a dry sponge. <laughs> I'm going chocolate glaze. Yeah! Give me, give me the chocolate glaze. Nice yes. and as heavy as possible. All right. Chocolate glaze is the best. It's yeah. elite, elite level. Um, Dave, we've got a golf tournament this weekend, too. Yeah. What, are we, what are we looking at at Sports Interaction? Yeah, it's a John Deere classic. Uh, you know what? Usually the John Deere is a, a pretty decent tournament. I'll, I'll just be honest with you because I am a golf better. But when you look at this field, it's kind of a B field. You know what I mean? Like when you yeah. look at Denny McCarthy's as the as the uh, uh, the clubhouse futures leader, uh, Cameron Young's in there. Uh, Adam Hadwin actually twenty to one is pretty good value for the Canadian, but. And it's no disrespect to these guys, but we're not seeing the Rory's. We're not seeing any of the live guys. We're not. But it is it is John Deere is a pretty decent tournament for something that's been around for decades. 
Um, I, I like it just because it, it kind of opens up the summer months of the golf season. But I, I, I take a flyer on a Canadian. I'd go Adam Hadwin twenty to one. Jess, are you looking at anything as far as John Deere is concerned, or is this a is this a pass kind of thing? Well, you guys have the uh, pinata picks, so yes. I think I'll do my pinata pick right now. Do it. Do it. I put two dollars on it. Steve, let me know who it spits out. You guys have the confetti animation and everything. Yeah, we we go we go all the way with it. Bro. Oh man, this is this is my guy. Who did I for get? sure? You bet two dollars. The payout is two hundred fifty-two. Okay, if you hit Keith Mitchell, <laughs> Killer Keith Mitchell, that's actually not bad. Is that Killer a, that's Keith? actually not bad. Is that yeah. his nickname, Killer yeah, Keith? Killer Keith. Killer <laughs> Keith. Okay, I've bet him before to uh, finish T twenty and and. Did you I, win? I didn't win, but I mean, he was okay. 25. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't do, win, do I but it was really fun. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I just did mine. Okay, who'd you get? So I got. I put two bucks down. The payout is 252. Yeah. Okay. Scott Piercy. Scott Piercy. Okay. I oh, Scott Killer Piercy. Scott Piercy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, killer killer Scott. I don't, yeah. I don't have a nickname for Scott Piercy. <laughs> Salacious Scott Piercy. <laughs> Sanguine Scott Piercy. Uh, whatever it is. Uh, oh. Check it out right now. Sportsinteraction.com slash STP. And Dave, we'll see you again Friday. Love catching up with you again, man. It feels like it's been too long. It has been too long. And by the way, Friday, for everybody uh, circling it on the calendar, Alec Manoa returns on yeah, Friday. Oh, baby. I know. We're going to have some yeah. props on strikeout totals. Hopefully, this guy gets back on track because the Jays desperately need this yeah, guy. I think, you know, this is supposed to be the ace, right? How do, how do I bet that he's going to allow like eight runs? I don't think he is. Innings. I think he's going to be good. Stop <laughs> it. I don't know. No. We'll see. <laughs> Turn By the way, that mic off. <laughs> before we go, I just want to say one last thing. Dave, that's a Fire. good color blue on you. Oh, it's a really nice color. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Just, All right, Dave, we'll catch up with you Friday, buddy. <laughs> thanks. thanks. Uh, I'm blushing. See Dave Bashful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's kind of take a recap of where we stand right now. There's a couple of teams we want to put a spotlight on, and then we're going to get into um, your free agency winners and losers. Now, Luke Fox graciously put together a list of the top 10 Unrestricted free agency, uh, unrestricted free agent, excuse me, still available. Uh, the first one is one that the Leafs were sort of linked to for a bit, but I, I think it's probably too far gone at this point with their cap already being $8 million over is Matt Dumba. Yeah. 28 years old, right shot defenseman. How the hell is he still available? I, oh, well, no one's got any money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember if it was CJ show or 32. CJ Show works for us, so I'm going to say it was uh, th- uh, CJ Show. Um, when the cap only goes up a million bucks, that's only 32 million extra dollars across the league. I had it's never a good way to put that. Yeah, I had never thought of it that way, and that's nothing. It's nothing. If if there are four more eight million dollar players than there used to be, gone, gone. So uh, that is a it's so wild. It's so wild to me. That he would be available? Yeah. Considering what he could have netted the the wild in, in a uh wild in a, aha in a trade at the trade deadline. This is you know, it's a valuable piece. Uh obviously the wild want to bring him back. I wonder if I would have preferred him to Klingberg, but he's probably more expensive. The coyotes have been pursuing him. Yeah. And I wonder if they're one of the few teams with the the cap space. I wonder if he goes there. Almost like a Klingberg situation in Anaheim, only I expect the Coyotes won't be as depressing this year as Anaheim was last year. And then they move him at the deadline. 
Yeah, it looks like one of the situations where the money kind of runs out and he's got to do a very short-term deal to try and get back into free agency. I think it'll be at least two years. Because I, I think the Coyotes are done with the mercenary thing. Yeah, but I don't you know think I mean? that, if yeah. they want Matt Dumba to sign with them, yeah, why would he sign with them when the cap's going up? Next? Why would he lock himself into two years with Arizona? Well, because they can give him a lot of money. They have all the cap space. Yeah, but I would take a shorter or less amount of money in shorter term so mm-hmm. that I'm free agent when the cap's a little up. And I'm I'm looking for six Oops. to seven years next summer if I'm yeah. Matt Dumba. I could see that. I could definitely see it. I just think the Coyotes want to compete, and I think they'll be aggressive about it. Another team I think you should keep an eye on, a couple teams, um, are the uh, the Blackhawks and the Red Wings, uh, who the Blackhawks are clear. We know what the Blackhawks are doing. They're doing sort of what the Leafs used to do. It's like bring in these guys, let them have a ton of ice time, and then pump and dump them at the deadline. And it's great for the team acquiring them uh, because they get a good player. It's great for the for the terrible team that gets the bunch of draft p- picks and prospects and whatever in return. Um, Coyote, or sorry, the Blackhawks are doing that. The Red Wings are more of a, hey, we're trying to get better now. And I do feel like Matt Dumba fits that. Don't you think? Yes. Who, where's he playing? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, the the weird thing about the Blackhawks is they have four defensemen signed and three of them are right-handed. Wow. It's kind of of filled out right now uh, for Matt Dumba. But he would fit perfectly on that team because, like I said, they have four defensemen. They need another guy, but they have so many right. Maybe they switch somebody to the left side. You know, you're an NHL player. Maybe play both sides. But um, they could make a trade, too, for somebody. Who are the right shot defensemen they have signed? They got Seth Jones, Nikita Zaitsev, Connor Murphy, and those are their three Oh, they didn't have to do that Zaitsev deal. There's a really good chance Zaitsev doesn't even play. That's true. Like yeah. there, there's room on this team for Matt Dumba. It's a good place for him to go because he's going to be surrounded by some young talent. And like you said, it's a pump and dump situation for a lot of guys in Chicago where they have uh, three forwards signed through next year and two defensemen. Man, the rest are UFAs and RFAs. And then everybody else is out the door. Detroit makes some sense, guys, because I'm seeing on the right side here. Cider, Cider. Hall, Sherratt. So if you can move Hall down, ideally to the third pair. And Sherrod's your seven guy, right? He's expensive for a seven guy. So much. Okay, Oli Mata then. Oli Mata's on the left. I just don't. I don't see it. I think it's going to end up being Arizona. Yeah. I I just don't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to expand the the look. Don't don't rule out Chicago. I think I won't rule them out. They have four defensemen. They need to go shopping for something. If if you're Matt Dumba, like so again, we're talking about Klingberg, right? Let's let's look at what happened to him. He went to a really bad team, got lots of opportunity because he was on a really bad team, and he had a bad season because he was on a bad team, and his value went from $7 million to 4.15, right? So Dumba, I don't think, wants the same fate. You go to Arizona, pretty good chance you're running their top power play, which will at very least feature Clayton Keller. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Probably mm-hmm. a couple really talented young guys better situation than the ducks was mm-hmm. last year oh yeah anyway um i just this is how many times are you going to hear me go to bat for the coyotes i i think this is a better situation for him that definitely not detroit right yeah um they sort of made their bed with the hall signing yep. um ottawa did Ot- too. Uh, chicago could make some sense ottawa did too with um uh with uh, travis hamannick and i guess that they can't spend that much money but like I mean, Ottawa would make some sense, don't you think? Like Hamannick makes less than a third of what Hall does. 
Isn't that nuts? Justin. Hall makes 3.4. Justin Hall. Justin, yeah, Justin Hall, sorry. Yeah, I don't Hall know. makes 3.4. I, I do not, more than maybe any other free agent, I don't know where that number came from. <laughs> uh, well, his agent deserves a, a definite raise. Now, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, Patrick Kane. Now, it's fascinating uh, because he wanted to be a ranger. He got to be a ranger. It didn't, they didn't quite uh, get there. Um, <laughs> they didn't quite get yeah, to where they wanted like to go. But I'm wondering like, okay, so, um, uh, you know, they've got, does he, yeah, he's got, uh, he's coming off the hip surgery. He played pretty well. Um, is there a chance that Buffalo takes a, a shot at a guy who frankly, you know, is from there? I, I, I don't know. I don't really know where to place him. Like I have no idea where a guy like that would want to go. And who's going to have the room? Because again, Buffalo's got about five million in cap space, but I'm sure they could move somebody. Um, you know, if he wants to. And what's his number anyway? I don't think we see no, Patrick Kane sign till December. He can't play. He's out four to six months as of his hip surgery. So that's mid June. I think he got it. Um, so let's say he's healthy by like October, November, American Thanksgiving ish. Yeah. Around right. there. So we're getting to like the December range that between I'm talking the about. Thanksgivings. Yeah. <laughs> Some, somewhere in there. He's kind of healthy season. at that point. You kind of pick and choose which team is you got think has got a best chance as a Stanley cup. Plus the, uh, million and a half two millions that you might sign for if league men's all they have then that's it maybe it's a blake wheeler type deal because he's made his money he's good he just wants to go play it somewhere to win and i respect what blake wheeler did honestly oh yeah yeah i do there's probably more money out there for him and he of took, course and there probably will deal. be next year too of course oh yeah, yeah yeah but i think it's similar situation with patrick kane where he waits till the season starts it's it's already there and you go you jump on a team that looks like they're going to be a contender the next one is vlad tarasenko another right winger another former ranger and it looks as though the lean they're leaning right now towards um the carolina hurricanes but we know the senators the islanders and the kraken have all made offers and the offers have been uh if reports are to be believed some are uh, uh as many as three or four years long uh, still a great player he is lot, right? so it's fascinating to see a guy like tarasenko available and he's 31 and what's that number going to be, too? There's very obviously a lot of unfinished business. And we've hit a bit of a log jam or bottleneck, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, there are some teams who did virtually nothing in free agency. And I don't think it's because they didn't want to. Um, Seattle. Who did they really get? I'm trying to think. No, but not. Who were their big names? I don't think there were any. Right? I don't think I wouldn't call them a loser of this deadline, but like it sure seems like think of how hard we just tried to figure out where Matt Dumba's going to go. Right? Like right-handed defensemen are at a premium, but they've also run out of homes. Yeah, CJ did say on the podcast, he's like you don't sign July 1st, you really run the risk of not getting a contract. And the reason I bring up right-handed defensemen is Eric Carlson is rumored to be going to Seattle. So that seems like a foregone conclusion at this point. There's a few things really holding everything up, and that might be the biggest one because we know it's happening. And the Sharks, like you look at teams that are going to bottom out this year, there's not nearly as many candidates as there were last year because there's no Connor Bedard at the end of the rainbow. Yeah, but I can see the Sharks bottoming out pretty hard. Well, they need to. Well, they also just don't have an abundance of 
talent. On the next on the list is Patrice Bergeron, who I think if he signs, he's going to go back to uh, to Boston, so we can move on from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tarasenko, by the way, is I think Carolina Hurricane. You know? I think that that's makes a lot happen. of sense. Yeah, you're they right, have the room; they're going to do it. I think you're right. I also yeah. think that for whatever he doesn't bring defensively, uh, Carolina does. They don't need it. No, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the great thing about the way the Hurricanes are built is you can bring in guys like. D'Angelo, I guess. They like him because he's cheap. Uh, plays no defense. Brent you can, Burns. You could bring in Brent Burns, who also wasn't known for staunch defense. No. D'Angelo, by the way, isn't a Carolina Hurricane. Not, because not till July 9th. They're Jesse. not allowing it. It's <laughs> Five, what, what day four it? days. Four days. It's July no, 5th. It's Happy Tony D'Angelo Day. It's July 9th. <laughs> he's, not, he's not a Hurricane, you guys. Like. Um, uh, number five on the list is Thomas Tatar. Now, he plays right and left wing. This is a guy that had 20 goals, 48 points, and 82 games uh, last year. And, you know, I think it's interesting. He had 20 goals. Yeah, he did. He did. And he, he only scored once in the uh, Devils playoff run for 12 games. But if you're looking for depth scoring, and when I say depth, I say, uh, I would say low middle, I would say middle six, like low top six. High top nine. Does that make sense? What a weird player. Weird player. Because he's gone to a bunch of places. He's clearly valuable. Like, look at Montreal gave up for him. Pretty consistently. Or sorry, Vegas. Pretty consistently not really looked at or depended Mm -hmm. on. He plays zero defense. That's why. Thomas Tatar is 32 years old. I know. That's insane to me. He was on the 2010 Red Wings. Jesus. What? <laughs> Remember he emerged out of nowhere that crazy? That was a crazy like nine run. games for the 2010 Red Wings. Wow. I had no idea he was this old. Yeah, man. He's, he's wow. been around for a while. He's, yeah, he played for the Good Wings. The Good Wings. <laughs> wow, that was a run they went on, that that team. That was a crazy of run. Of course. Um, another one that, that people don't pay enough attention to, and it's actually surprising given who Detroit picked up, the Pius Suter. Who's a guy who can play depth center and left wing? Um, Fourteen goals and twenty-four points last year. You're gonna hate that you called him that. Why? Puce. Oh, okay. Well, I've is it Puce? Puce. Oh, I've I've actually heard people call him Pius. I know Puce because that's how it's spelled. But well, Puce Suter. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, listen, uh, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised. Analytics loves this guy. Um, middle six kind of center. Like, uh, is he is he all that different from David Kopp? Uh, that's sort of the first guy I thought of. He's he's just there's just not a ton there, but if you need an abundance of nothing to happen, um, he can be pretty good for you. You do need busy nothing players. You do need busy nothing who do something. Who do something? Right? David Kampf kills penalties. That's I think the reason they really they locked them up. And I also think, eh, you you could do a lot worse than two and a half million over, you know, on the next few years on the cap. Mm-hmm. But I it does make me wonder, had Toronto waited? Could they have gotten a better deal at that position, um, you know, closer to the one and a half, maybe one million dollar range for a one year? No, no, one, no. no one's as good as D- at defense as David Comp. DK? Yeah. I liked him. In DK the 1D? <laughs> he was one of the one of, I don't know, four good Leafs against the Panthers. Right. Uh, Martin Jones is somehow still somebody that people want. Uh, 887 save percentage. I don't think he's had sure? a save percentage. Um, is he signed? <laughs> he's not signed, but there are apparently people talking about him. And the one that keeps coming up is Tampa for their oh, backup sh- goaltender situation. Stop. Watch, they'll turn him into a really good goalie. They um, signed someone too as a, as a goalie. And I remember being confused. Who'd they get? Who's Tampa? Tampa got in that? I'll tell you in half a second. Yeah, Jesse's looking it up right now. Uh, I do think it's quite funny that Martin Jones is... Like, he's been bad for so long... 
but he there are certain people and I think Cam Ward was the last one where you know they they go they have a couple of runs and then everybody remembers them for the couple of runs that they had but let me run you through Martin Jones' save percentage since 1718. His last great year in 1718, 915 save percentage with the San Jose Sharks. He was 30, 22, and 6, 255 goals against average. The next year, 896. The next year, 896. The next year, 896. The next year in Philly, oh, 900. Whoa. Ew. Still below average, but better. And then in Seattle this year, an 887, despite going 27 and 13, that Seattle team was really good. He was so good to yeah. start, too. He had a good little run for a couple of months there last season. You're thinking of uh, Jonas Johansson. Right. Came, uh, and he's not going to play higher than third. No, no. He's he's there like going to be the third, fourth goalie, maybe. Yeah. You know, I, I just find it funny that with a guy like Yaro Halak or even Alex Stalock available, that Martin Jones would be coming up before those guys. Halak's a little older. Stalock had a good got, year. Yeah, he's got the mm -hmm. injury question. It, let's be honest. Tampa's going to end up getting one of those guys. Uh, uh, here, wait. I, I do have a great tweet. Though. Oh, give it to me. From Acton of Fulhaman. <laughs> I am truly fascinated how Martin Jones keeps getting work. In the last five years, there are 56 goalies who have played at least 100 games. By save percentage, Jones is 56th. And then he has a follow-up tweet. Maybe he looks better by advanced metrics. He does not. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. True. I, I've never eight, understood eight, it. He did I, win. He did win a lot of games for Seattle last season. It means something. Yeah. It's like, pitcher, it's like pitcher wins. They don't really mean a lot, but well, they kind of do mean a lot if your team keeps winning. Here's why it makes sense for Tampa. Because they, like Seattle, are strong team defense. You need a you can goalie. Work. Yeah, but Seattle managed to make that work. And Tampa, I think they have more high-end superpower stars, no question. But they are a full-team team. You know what I mean? So is, so is Seattle. I, I can see it. The way Vasilevsky spoke after this past season and, you know, oh, man, I played a lot of games. And I don't remember. Exactly. That was your choice, Andre. Well, yeah. But you should maybe look into getting someone who could... Like, can you take... I'm, I'm not saying you know, drag Vasilevsky down and, and, you know, all of a sudden he's a 45. Can he be a 55 guy? Yeah. Like we're talking about going from 60 to 55. Martin like, Jones, I think had, I think he said, uh, yeah, he had 27 wins this year. Still. Yeah. Can someone take an additional five games away from Vasilevsky? That's the sort of guy I would look for if I was Tampa. Okay. Um, Might win a cup. Looks like it's Martin Jones. Uh, 38 year old. And they used to spell, they used to say his name wrong in the video games. Zach Parse or Parise for the rest of us. Um, we don't know uh, if he's going to retire or not. Uh, Lou Lamorello did say there would be a spot on the roster for the Islanders if he didn't retire. And his oh. cap hit last year was seven hundred fifty grand. But I wonder, are the Islanders where he wants to play? Uh, here's one. What if they've already signed him? And Lou Lamorello's just being difficult. Uh, that probably could be that. Yeah. Mm. Get it. Get an announcement in training camp. That's 100% what's going to happen. Um, another guy with surgery and injury questions and, and long COVID, unfortunately, too, uh, is Jonathan Tays. Mm -hmm. um, this is a guy who is um, uh, he's deliberating his future, according to Pat Brisson. But if he does play. Even if you hit your biggest expectation of him is 60 games and 25 points, there's a lot of value to what he brings defensively. 
Um, and and I think there's a reason why he was considered, you know, the best center in the league for a little while there in terms of like what he brought on both sides of the puck. Obviously, he's, you know, in the Sidney Crosby era. So Sidney Crosby was the best center in the league. But you know what I'm saying, right? It's sort yeah. of a there's something that Taze brings in terms of intelligence. Um, I mean, uh, the Blackhawks, you know, off ice issues with with the, the obvious aside, uh, there was never anybody saying that he was a bad leader in the locker room in terms of playing. You know what I mean? I know it's an awkward yeah. statement to make, but I, you know, it was Everyone's, never like, he's never been accused of some of the things other captains have. Yeah, no one no one should be confused about what we're saying. Yes. Win Winnipeg is an interesting fit. It's from there. Yeah, hometown boy, but also there's like a voice vacuum left by Blake Wheeler's absence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether you think that voice was a good one or not, is that's fine, but the voice is gone, right? And... Do other voices get louder? Do you want those voices to get louder? Mm -hmm. Shifley, mm -hmm. potentially. Um, the Jets, it, you know, Freach was talking about they just want to breathe. They just want to take a moment. I mean, at some point, you're going to have to get back to action, though. Yep. Yep. And you also got to sell fans on the season. Yep. Here's what we're going to do. Right? So I don't, I don't know if it's the best for the fan base to have them sit all summer not only do you not know if shifley's coming back but you don't know if hellebuck's coming back yep right i don't think that's the best situation for anybody so at some point they're gonna have to get back to action make a decision with those guys and you know maybe bring in taves i think retirement's on the table for jonathan taves it probably like ought to be 35 you missed the entire 21 22 season at this past trade deadline you were so injured and banged up that there was no market for you and you couldn't be traded it it might it's got to be a serious consideration for him at this point in his career. Uh, like Adam just mentioned, a sixty game, twenty five point player. What what are you gonna be a third fourth liner on another team for? Retire a Blackhawk. Yeah. Leave that legacy. It's it's not even like. You look at like the look games played and all that. It's the body miles that yeah. Jonathan Taves yeah. has more than like any other player. Well, you're borrowing when you're an athlete. You're borrowing against your future too, right? You're you're the back being, end of your life. Be, yeah, being an athlete is. I don't know if you realize this. Horrible for your body, <laughs> uh, and a lot of people don't look at it that way. But but the way that they train and the physical punishment that they take. It's. I mean, watch Shaq walk. Oh, dude, meet any older athlete. Hockey, except older for Gary hockey Roberts. players, except for except Gary, for Gary Roberts. <laughs> older hockey players, I wouldn't classify him as older, but I'm talking about guys like 60 and up. They older hockey players have simultaneously more er, and fewer knuckles than the rest of us. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than like their hands are fucking huge. Yeah. Swollen. Don't bend. Yeah. Um, and that's just the hands. Yeah. You got to get into yoga the after knees. your career. Yeah. The amount of back problems. Back, oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Ankle, um, all the scars age too. Yes. And you have to break up the scar tissue too. You got to go for treatments to do that. Like, but like even on the face, I'm saying, Oh, like, like it's, uh, like your face kind of continues to grow like around the scar. Yeah. You know what it's I funny, mean? With Borea Salming, he had that big. Hundred stitch scar through his face, and you'd never noticed and it he when just you got older. Wore it. Well, I don't think you noticed it though when no. you got older, right? No, no, it's well because it like went perfectly into like his lines <laughs> or whatever. And his perfectly sculpted face. He was guy he, was a beautiful man. It's the second time we brought up the Leafs Red Wings alumni game on this show, but 
He was the oldest guy on either team and easily in the best shape of anyone. Absolutely. Easily. Uh, Dennis Gurionov is one that uh, uh, that Luke Fox brings back brings up, and I think it's because he had a 20-goal season for the Dallas Stars three years ago, uh, but is not worth the $3 million he was paid last year. What's interesting with Gurionov, and I'm actually sort of surprised that this is happening for a lot of players. We saw Semyon Durar, Jachenkov. Uh, go sign at the KHL that apparently there is more money available in Russia for him than there is in North America. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, is that what you want to do? I mean, that's, that's a very personal thing, mm-hmm. right? So if he's going to stay in the NHL, um, I could see Seattle being a good fit. One last name. Oh, sorry. Steve. Go ahead, Jess. Go ahead. Uh, before yesterday's show, I think it was. Uh, we were talking about SDA signing in the KHL. Oh, that's right. And I gave you the amount he signed in rubles, and you wanted to guess what it was in U.S. dollars. What did you say? Forty-six million rubles. Rubles. I'm trying to. I'm trying to just get the number here. I think it's forty-six million uh, rubles. Yeah. Because I know Radulov signed for something like. I want to say his contract was like a nearly a billion rubles or something like that. And it's like, okay, what does that mean? I can't imagine the rubles doing too hot. Adam, you can also get on on this. So I'm going to do 46 million million rubles to, to CAD. Feels like... No, no, it, no USD, USD. USD. USD, okay. Because yeah, okay. that's how they all get paid. Yeah, yeah, that's how they get paid. Uh, I'm going to say $3 million. I think it's less. Holy shit, really? I'm gonna say, Is that how bad the rubles fallen? I'm going to say 1.4. 46 million rubles to USD is $500,000. What? <laughs> wow, the rubles fallen a lot. You remember, what was Kovalchuk? It, I remember they had it in rubles and it was like oh, 21 million rubles a year, but that was working out to like $14 million or something or whatever it was. The rubles fallen a lot. That's yeah, crazy. 46 million rubles is 507 thousand american dollars and uh well that is a big downward line <laughs> yeah but the uh the economic state of the ruble well why is it spike like why would it ever spike up who's like yeah let's buy rubles today it wasn't a very big spike yeah it wasn't a very big spike wow that is some consistent um droppage yeah well you guys were a little off that's okay. You lose trivia this time. Nah, it's all right. We'll handle it. Um, <laughs> one, grand. one other UFA that was linked to the Leafs, and I think it's an interesting one, is is for any team really, is Josh Bailey. The ability to play center, um, the ability to um, uh, you know obviously play wing most of the time. Uh, he had something like, you know, I just had his numbers up and I deleted them. Um, I believe Eight he had, goals, 17 assists, 25 points in 64 games. So not great. Uh, defensive but, metrics aren't great either. Right. I wonder if that's a guy that, you know, goes for a league men, tries to rehab his career on a good team. Well, at this point, that's all that's left. I can't imagine him getting more than that basically anywhere. You know, maybe as a vet, he gets 800, 900, something like that. Uh, I don't see him getting a job as a center. Like, let's say he signed with the Leafs, right? Um, you have Domi, who's not even a full, full-time center, mm-hmm. but he's a better center. You have Yarncroak, who's definitely not a full-time center, and I would probably be more comfortable with Yarncroak. You got Conf. You have Conf, dude. Even Dylan Gim- uh, Gimbrell, I I think is a more solidified 
Pontus Holmberg center at this point. Pontus Holmberg. I think there a lot of people are saying a lot of people who know are saying that this could be the year to home for Holmberg to break into the NHL lineup. Mm-hmm. Full-time. Sure, why not? I mean, you know, you need young value. Um, he's making twenty five grand above league minimum. Good on him. You know, um, I could see that for the Leafs, but like, I don't even know if he necessarily makes the team out of camp. He, he could potentially like go on waivers. It's a tough go, man. It's hard. It's a hard league to stay in. Josh Bailey's career was kind of trending in the complete opposite direction um, from where it is now during mm-hmm. the uh, the back to back Eastern Conference Finals runs. Like he seemed like such an important piece of those Islanders teams when they when they were going to the finals there, and then just took a just sharp downturn like the ruble in the last couple of years. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to look up is. So who do he play with? Oh, it was, it was just Islanders. the Islanders, yeah. And then the, he, they moved him to Chicago, and they bought out his contract. So he was supposed yeah. to be signed through like another season with the Islanders at that five million dollar number, but Chicago took the contract and bought it out. The one thing I'd say, like just looking at his numbers, is like last year was very obviously like the bad outlier, and I guess teams are predicting. Like, this is just what he is from now on. Yeah. But I'm just looking at his last three seasons. This is wild. Four penalty minutes, six penalty minutes, two penalty minutes. Oh, Lady wow. Bing. I think someone can pick him up. <laughs> someone can pick him up and he could be okay. Yeah, and his and last playoff run, 13 points in 19 games. And the, the previous one, the 20 points in 22 games. Where was that? Oh, the previous playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good playoff he's, performer. I mean, he's obviously got a gear. Yeah. But that's also a but if ago. you're if you're one of the cap teams, this is the type of player that you try to take a risk on. You invite them to camp and the Leafs have the advantage. Uh, Josh Bailey's from, uh, I believe, from Bowmanville. He's from Bowmanville. So I think, you know, you have that you have that opportunity. But like, listen, come to camp. There are spots available. Come to camp fit and ready to go. Take advantage of our medical facilities, kind of like um, um, uh, Tyler Ennis did extending his career yeah. for years. Yeah. And and maybe you surprise and somebody either picks you up or we sign you to a contract and move somebody else out. There's the the Marley I see coming up other than Holmberg is Bobby McMahon. And I think if the Leafs signed Josh Bailey, there would still be room for that. Beyond that, you either want guys who are going to be in the lineup every night or they're developing on the Marlies. Yeah. So Alex Steves, I don't want sitting. I want him on the Marlies. Nick Robertson, I think what's best for him is probably, unless he's lights out in preseason um he should start on the marley so yeah this could be a situation for josh bailey and i'll throw it out there because of the bowmanville thing uh belleville's pretty close to bowmanville and that's where the sens farm team is oh that's interesting and also you know i guess you're what about a quarter of the way to ottawa maybe the sens i think there's an nhl job for i think, I, I think you're right you know i think yeah. you're you got to right. give it a shot i don't think at this point he wants to be an ahl player so I some agree. some rfas to work through alex Debrincat's interesting we didn't, we didn't do the uh the uh edmonton trifecta no i was just going off of the article what what, what edmonton trifecta? there's a uh, clef bomb ethan bear and pooley arvey they're all UFA still. Well, is Clefbaum? Clefbaum's never playing again. Yeah, I don't think he's done. His shoulders, yeah, his shoulders. Fuck. Oh, okay. It's yeah. too bad because I've never heard anyone mention his name. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ethan Bear is an interesting one. I think that was just cap, right? They they had to move out Costin and an injury, an injury, yeah. and then uh, who was the last one? The Puliyarvi. Puliyarvi, who's well, injured as hip. well. Double hip. Oh, man, I yeah. wonder if Puliyarvi to me seems like if if he does get a job, it's mid season as well, like a depth pickup. What a bummer with that career. 
I think some team out there is going to try to get clever, sneak him to the minors, hmm. and have him re- do his rehab down there. Maybe the Leafs will do that. I, it could happen. They got the money to do it, right? It's, it's having the money to, to outfit your AHL team with big bucks. You know who's exactly the sort of person who would have done that? Dubas. Dubas. So, I, you know, potentially Pittsburgh. Um, that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I just think there's too much talent there. He's an NHL player. You know, how good of an NHL player he is is a you know topic of debate. He's an NHL player. He so is he? Does he have a strong defensive game? Yes. So that's the thing. That is valuable. Of course. Especially from a winger. Of course. Of course. I, I think he's the sort of guy you take a bet on. Um, okay. To the UFA, uh, Alex Brincat. Apparently, Dallas, Detroit, Long Island, and Nashville are all interested in Alex DeBrincat. His qualifying number is an, just under $9 million. He ain't getting it. Uh, he's not. Well, I mean, here's the thing. The Sens did qualify him, but they didn't sign him. It's not signed. Right. Uh, he doesn't want to sign there. What do you think happens here, guys? I still think it's going to end in a trade. To Nashville, to me. Mm. Nashville they, would be... A- who's going to score for the Predators? Like, I know they don't care about scoring anymore because Barry Trotz is there, but they have to... You do have to score a goal to win a game. Yeah, if it's not the kids, I don't know who it is. Well, Philip Forsberg, obviously. If he's back and healthy. Jeez, that'd be a hell of a right side. Woo! Although, Philip Forsberg, I want to say he plays left. Holy shit. Ryan O'Reilly with Philip Forsberg and Alex Dabrinka could be some fun. They do have that extra Tampa pick, that first-round pick that they uh, acquired that they could give up in the deal if it requires a first-round pick to well, get Dabrinka. I think because Dorian gave up a really good first-round pick for him, I wonder mm-hmm. if he's probably thinking like, hey, I need to at least look good here for my new owner. Just so you got that- their page up. God, they have so many free agents. Oh, yeah, coming up next oh, season. Yeah. Look at but- all that. I don't know that extra Tampa pick next year. If you bring in a player like to bring it, it's the same idea what Ottawa did. You know, you go acquire, you trade away that pick because you're getting a player who you hope that pick turns into, and you get him now. So I don't know if if Nashville wants to keep going with this retool on the fly thing, to bring it to be a great option. Unless Soros gets hurt, you're never going to be bad enough. Right. Six years in the league, he only has one year where he went below twenty goals. Mm-hmm. That's that, value, man. Is that good? That's pretty damn good. He's got two forty-one goal years, uh, twenty-seven, a twenty-eight, a thirty-two, uh, and an eighteen. Uh, those are one hundred and eighty-seven goals in four hundred and fifty games. Is not bad. Now I I know who he played with in Chicago. I'm I'm aware of that. But um, the good reality of the situation is he is he a, is he a line driver himself? No, apparently no. not. But I think that if you can, I mean, if you look at say uh, to me, Nashville makes the most sense because they're the ones who are the most aggressive. Detroit's got the the money and they have made some odd moves and we're going to do a little snapshot of Detroit next. Um, the Islanders always need goals. Yeah. But to me, DeBrincat on the Islanders means he has to play a lot more defense than he probably wants to. Yeah, I mean, also things change. Yeah. Like right. at some point, you think the Islanders might go, huh, we never score. Mm-hmm. One team that... What if we did? One team that lacked high-end scoring from individuals and not just from a team perspective was Seattle. Um, they oh. were great at putting up goals together as a unit, but nobody kind of stood out. And if you bring in to bring it, like there might be an opportunity. Hey, now we have our game breaker. Yeah. I think their swing is Carlson. Be fun to see both. Mm-hmm. Carlson, there's still that weird Carolina buzz. That they I could reunite Burns and, and, and Carlson, even though it didn't work for all those years in San Jose. But I, there's still that's still a possibility. I don't get it. 
But yeah, Seattle. I don't know. Seattle, I think, uh, could go after DeBrink. That'd be cool. That'd be cool to see. Uh, Vince Dunn is number two on the list. Now, we expect that there probably will be some sort of extension from Seattle. But man, I got to say, for St. Louis to give up Petrangelo and then Vince Dunn within like 18 to 20 months is... That's a head, and, and I'm a big fan of Armstrong, but man, and Tarasenko and Barbashev and Ryan O'Reilly. Like, well, I, I, are do any of those the- deals happen if Petrangelo doesn't leave town? If they didn't go out and pay too much money, I think for um, why, Tory Krug, Tory Krug, right? Who they tried to trade and then couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's not good, man. Uh, like, because I don't think if the if the Blues are good, Barbashev and O'Reilly and Achari are staying. Vince Dunn never got a spot in that lineup because they're they're a defenseman factory in St. Louis. Were, but he was expected to be very good there. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see. They're saying his his number could be as high as eight point one million per year. Speaking Dunn? of the St. Louis defenseman, so over eight years. So if 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 uh, San Jose retains, I think it's forty percent. Uh, Carlson becomes eight times four. So do you say do you you move out Vince Dunn? You bring in Eric Carlson. So, so what's happening is no one's able to find any money out there. Mm-hmm. Moving out Carlson would free up some money for San Jose. Yes, unfortunately, you have to sign for a team that's probably got a long road ahead. But if you want your money, San Jose could be a solution for Vince and, Dunn. And maybe you could yep. get more money because they're going to be bad. And they've just traded for you. Yep. Yeah, especially because that that factor when you when you're an RFA and somebody trades for you, you have to sign the yeah. Gap. No matter what, you can't lose that that player. Yeah, so. look, look at the Severson contract. Could, could exactly Vince ask for at least that? I exactly. Think, well, no, I they're saying eight eight over eight. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. So if yeah. if uh, Vince Dunn maybe wants a nine million dollar contract, getting a trade to San Jose might be uh, might be useful. Also, you get to live in San Jose. Yeah, you're pretty great. Uh, Troy Terry is available uh, as an RFA. Um, Listen, uh, he, you would think, is a part of what they're trying to put together, um, but they have not said much about where this is going to go. Look for the Penguins there. Is is Dubas a big fan? Dubas was into him. Okay. No, they got both deals to figure out. They'll do both. I uh, think, and they have I think more money. The, so um, Zegris and Troy Terry need their RFA deals because they're currently unsigned. But I think they're trying to figure out what's the number where these two are going to be locked up forever and they're going to be the cornerstones of the team. The, An- the Anaheim teams. is currently $6 million under the, under the floor. The floor? Yeah. <laughs> so the bad teams are kind of done bottoming out, right? Mm-hmm. So the Ducks... Could unload those guys? Eh, just no. Keep them. Yeah. Just no, keep them. no, no. There's no way you unload Zegers and Terry. Uh, Keandre Miller is available as well and is an RFA. Um, now, they have already uh, massive money committed to Adam Fox and Jake Truba. But Keandre Miller is a guy that you must hold on to. Yeah. Well, both those guys you just mentioned play the right. I'm a huge believer of uh, Keandre Miller. They, they got to lock him up. I wonder with him, though, do you go... Um, do you go with a shorter term deal? It allows him to make more money in the future, but it allows you to get him at a smaller number right now, keep this Rangers team together and as competitive as you possibly can, and then go, you know, we're, we'll see where Truba is when his contract's up, mm-hmm. and then we'll bump you and you can get the big eight-year deal at that point. This, to me, is the perfect situation for an offer sheet. And all the GMs Ooh. in the National Hockey League are so afraid 
afraid they won't do it of, of fucking just rubbing their buddy the wrong way because then you got to go to the gm meetings and see him and he's like oh you offer shooting my guy and i don't like you now and i'm not doing deals with you and blah 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 blah. but keandre miller to force the rangers hand who are cap strapped like they don't have all this cap room to make all these signings go offer him something for a second round pick like that 4.2 i pulled up the offer sheet compensation uh if you're for if you're under 4.2 it's only a second round pick if you got your own second round pick, he's ripe for that. I like how that's a cardinal sin, but like going out and getting like a player whose sole purpose is to beat the shit out of your team. <laughs> like what Pat is Pat Verbeek going to get shit at the GM meetings for signing Radko Gudis? They ought to get high fives. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah. No, they're going to be like, like anyone in the Pacific division should be like, fuck you, man. For going out and getting that bearded lunatic. <laughs> How Bring dare him you? Here. Yeah. <laughs> this division. I will no, not oh, help yeah. you. Good, good job with the Gouda signing. Meanwhile, yeah. offer sheet. Hey, fuck you. Yeah, I, no, don't I, I don't get it. And they're so they're so like we're going through a lot of good players. Very good. This one stands out to me as a guy who you take advantage of the Rangers situation. You make them pay four point two million dollars for Keandre Miller if they want to keep him. And it's only costing you a second. I don't know. Get bold. Do something. Evan Bouchard is an RFA. Speaking uh, of situation. Yeah, offer sheet there too. 17 point postseason. Uh, and Ken Holland uh, said on June 29th, it's going to have to be a bridge deal. They know it. We know it. And I think that makes sense for both sides. But you have to remember, even though his production dipped in the regular season this year, back to back 40 point seasons um, uh, and probably a number one power play quarterback. And and also with Ekholm there, it's the pressure's off a little bit. This it it seems to make sense that he would stay there. It's the best opportunity for him. You're really risking losing him, like in the long term. Mm. I mean, uh, because yeah, you're gonna bridge him, and then he's gonna have what two years as your team's number one power play option with McDavid and what, Drysidle. What's the pain? What's the floor? Fifty points, sixty points, seventy points, and then. But if you win the cup, do you care? So this is the thing. There are situations where it doesn't make sense to do that. The Oilers, man, just cobble that team together. You might win. You could win back-to-back cups. They're that good. Yep. Right? Um, even if you only get one only. Um, I think you feel pretty good about it. So, yeah, the bridge makes sense in this very specific situation. For most other teams, I'd, I'd call that not a great situation. The way Vegas took care of the Oilers, it it like I soured on them a little bit. Where it's like you can't just have these two guys and everything's taken Vegas. care of. Yeah, but like every year there might be that team. That's so true. Edmonton has lost to the cup champs. The Colorado both, the year before. The past two years. So I don't know. They need a. I think they need a more complete team here. Also, Evan Bouchard looks about ten years older than he is. Like he's he's a full man. He's oh, not yeah. a twenty three year old. Who's that who got drafted? Who was an adult? Oh, um, oh, dude. Well, um, not Matty, but Matty Beniers last year. But who was the this guy this year? year? Oh, I forget his name. He was drafted by the Jets. I and forget he, his name. He had the biggest beard. He was a full yeah. adult. I can't grow a beard like that. Um, what uh, a narc. Number seven on uh, Luke Fox's list is Ilya Simsonov. Um, hey, hey, I'm so happy to join the Winnipeg Jets. And also, do you know where I could buy some drugs? <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam Sonoff loves Toronto. He said, I want to stay here. It's no surprise uh, here for everybody. We'll see. This is not my work anymore. 
He said, I love my teammates. Uh, I like just about everybody in this locker room. Tough season on the results. Not what we wanted, but uh, apparently he wants term. And I've been meaning to ask you guys this. We didn't get to it yesterday. Steve and I were too busy slap fighting. <laughs> um, and by the way, I don't, don't, want any don't worry, DMers. We're okay. Um, it's, just, it's just a hockey conversation. Uh, the question I would have, guys, is what is your number for Ilya in terms of per year and term? Goalies to term is very risky. The cap is going up. And, you know, he's a good year and then he did not a great year in, in Washington, which is why they didn't qualify him. How close is four times four? There's some term. Mm-hmm. It's not full term, but it, there's some term. So it's it's literal, it's less than the Corpusallo deal. But Corpusallo is a UFA, right? So Corpusallo, I think strangely has higher value he's been around i know he's been around for longer he's been around for longer he's been more coveted for some reason i don't know what it is people have been looking at corpus as a guy who could break out columbus held on to him because they knew he had value the capitals let Ilya walk they let him go, and the Leafs were able to sign him to 1.8. He left money on the table, but like how much? Like, did someone offer him like what 2.5? Something like that. Corpusalo just got what? Five years? Five years. Times what? I think it was four million. Four. I think Elia. I think four times four is about right. Yeah. It'd be nice to get him under four per year. It's definitely not anywhere north of that. Like Aiden Hill just signed for four point nine, and that dude just carried a team in the Stanley Cup. You know, like exactly. It's not. It's not anywhere high fours. It's. I was. It, I was thinking three point one to three point five. Yeah, little, like that sounds a lot better. Maybe What's three years. Term, three years. Three. I mean, I'd like that deal. I'd sign that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I do have a pet theory, or a, a a pet the idea. There's two goalies people keep talking about. Mm-hmm. Connor Hellebuck mm-hmm. and John Gibson. Any deal for either of those two, I think, would have to include Ilya Samsonov. If the Leafs were to go out, and why would they? Why, now, tell me about this. I know why the Leafs would want to take a look at a guy like Hellebuck. Who wouldn't? Yes. Why would the Leafs be interested in four more years at John Gibson at six point four million dollars? So we who get, has been bad. That we, doesn't make much. Oh, sense. I know. We get stuck in our hockey Twitter, whatever, echo chamber about how Gibson's bad. Man, all the traditional hockey folks are so convinced he's good. I'm not saying they're right, even. Um, But everyone seems convinced that, like on 32 Thoughts, you should have heard how glowingly they spoke about him. And he was the only reason the Ducks were in a bunch of those games. I can understand a goaltender's stats and even advanced stats being bad. Although advanced stats are supposed to tell you even when the team is bad that the player is good. Right. And not and they can't always. They're just not at that point yet. No. But I'm trying to, and again, I was going to bed early, so I didn't get to see as much Western Conference hockey as I wanted to see last year. I'm trying to understand how, like, okay, Samsonov at three, three and a half, okay, sure. for three years. Mm-hmm. I would qualify that as a risk. There's a there is a risk to that because he could go back to being a pumpkin a little bit like he was. Although this guy was a first round pick, he's won at every single level yeah. with the national teams. I'd say he um, probably doesn't. 
I, I would say he probably doesn't too. To expect the same season out of him next year as he gave us last year maybe is too much. Mm-hmm. But I do think he's got a better backup in in uh, Joseph Wool coming in who is going to push Murray. him. Way better than Murray. And I, I, I think so. I think the goaltending situation is overall better. Is it a bigger risk to have uh, uh, him at, th- say, three to three and a half retain, uh, sorry, not retain, three to three and a half on the three-year deal, yep. or John Gibson, 50% retained, which is about the same money for four years. So and I'm taking the younger goalie on that one. You're looking at them as equal. I'm not sure that's how it's viewed in hockey circles. How I how they view it, Gibson is better. John Gibson had four, five straight years as a 1A, 1B goaltender where he was one of the best in the league. Yes. He, he has a proven track record, and that... In the hockey circles, it upholds. You know, once yeah. you once you have that streak of like four years in a row as a really good goaltender, you get that for the rest of your career. I am not saying this is what I would do. No, 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 no me but neither. I do, I do wonder if it's been looked at. I understand the thinking about John Gibson being a really good goaltender. Like I, I think a lot of people view him as that because he has been that for consecutive years. And then when what does that say about the Ducks? When Anaheim got bad, his numbers dipped. Because he wasn't on a good team, and that's how it works. But under a good team, every year he made the playoffs, um, he had a good save percentage. He sure did. How long has it been? Uh, it's twenty Pre-COVID. 2018 was the last time. Uh, well, 2019 is the last time John Gibson had a save percentage above 9.05 per oh. the season. See, I don't know why you go, because the Leafs went into last year with Matt Murray as the supposed starter, right? That was, you know... And they got lucky with Samsonov. They really did. The, honest like, to goodness. That was not Dubas' that was, brain. That, that was the plan. That was It was Matt Murray, and I hope somebody else takes this other job. The plan was for Matt Murray to be the starter. And then the cap said, you know what? We want Darcy Kemper. We're going to release Samsonov and, and, and that, or Samsonov, and that'll, that'll. And so Dubas got lucky. You can't give him the genius brain on that one. Nope. He straight up got lucky. So you've just gone through that where you skated on a really risky proposition and somebody else came in and saved your ass. Because if we had gone through last year with Matt Murray as the goaltender, we're, I mean, Kyle Dubas getting an extension would not even have been a conversation. Let's be honest about that. That If, yeah. if we had Matt Murray as the starting goaltender last year and no Samson off, where would the Leafs be? Oh, yeah, but he would have he would have made sub- subsequent moves. Like it doesn't it doesn't mean like oh Matt Murray would have just played the entire acquire a games. starting goaltender mid season. He would have he would have done something because Matt Murray would have been injured, right? <laughs> like, right. Uh, he would have done something, and we don't know what happened in that reality. I, I guess I'm just saying that I don't expect that he would have fumbled his way into Jesse mm-hmm. a 919 save percentage. Oh yeah, there's there's no way I think that um, they should go after Gibson over Samsonov. Like I think Samsonov's your guy at that number. It seems like a very good number. I'd love to get in Brad Treliving's brain because apart from the coach, what has scarred him more over the past few years than goaltending? Jake Markstrom was terrible in his first year in Calgary, elite in his second year in Calgary until the playoffs arrived, and then he was terrible again. And then last year he was terrible. He cost them a playoff spot. Yeah, if if Jake Barshams is just like a nine oh four, they're stay good. in your fucking net. <laughs> if he's not on dang it's every week, every week <laughs> he was brutal. So I I'm fascinated by what must Brad Living be thinking because before Markstrom he just threw together random shit. He had Mike Smith and Big Save Dave and. Cam Talbot and who else? 
Vladar played well last Vladar. season for a little bit. Eh, for a little not bit. really, yeah. So uh, Julian McKenzie about once a week goes, what do you think about the Leafs and Vladar? And I go, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It, it should be. We should reach October. Game number one at Scotiabank Arena. It should be Samsonov and Wool. I think so. That's how it should be. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't think we need to overcomplicate it. I No, I totally agree. Totally agree. But, you know. How do you get rid of Murray? Uh, Gabe Velarde is, uh, he was traded, as you know, but he is still an RFA. Just want to throw that name out there. Ooh. Uh, Winnipeg will re-sign him. Yes. Um, and, you know, maybe that guy is, is he nominated for the Selkie at the end of next year? The Selkie? Don't you think? What? Gabe Velarde? Don't you think? Nope. Defensively, one of the strongest <laughs> players in the league. Wow. You don't think so? No. <laughs> like he what? I'm asking. When did question. he enter that conversation? Well, I'm actually I'm taking off of uh, Andy and Rono. Uh, they say Gabe Velarde should definitely be among the top ten in Selkie finalists, maybe even top five this year. Problem is, no one talks about him. Uh, I mean, his defense on their card is rated at a ninety-eight percent. Wow. Wow. Just a thought. Well, I want to see him. Last year was his first like real established season on the Kings. I want to say he was waived at the beginning of the season, wasn't he? Yeah, I think maybe. Right? Yeah. And now you're going to a team that plays hockey differently. Right. I think. So I'm curious to see how he does this year. And then maybe we have the Selkie conversation, but I'm not doing it friggin' now. Well, uh, two I'm more. looking at the selfie vo- Selkie voting for this year. Oh, I bet it was terrible. He's not on there. And he's not. He is not on there. JT but Miller is. JT Miller is. That is. Yeah. And that tells you all you need to know about the Selkie voting. Um, <laughs> a couple more names. I'm not going to go through every name on this list, but a couple more names that have come up. Jeremy Swayman in Buffalo. Or sorry, Boston. Um, obviously they want to re-sign uh, Swayman and along with Trent Frederick in, in Boston. Uh, what do you think after that run and then the playoff disappointment, which does affect value, they should have moved off Olmark earlier. There's no question. Yeah. I just, what do you think he's worth? Well, if you're able to bring back that tandem, I think you make the playoffs automatically. Oh yeah. Um, even though you're losing pieces. Ooh, the number is so tough because of how little cap space they have. Yeah. And he was quite good. I'm looking around the league again. There's just no jobs, right? Actually, they got $6 million. Yeah, to sign how many guys, though? Uh, Trent Frederick, Ian Mitchell, and Jeremy Smyman. That's it. They could finesse that. Would would that be a three times three deal? That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You can get him at three times three. That's great. But if you're Swayman, do you want three times three? And they say, well, yeah, probably not. And your best goaltending years apparently are from like 24 to 28. Now, a lot of players have been doing the one-year thing. I wonder if that's what Swayman does. Hmm. I like a one-year contract. Well, if you're the Bruins, it might be the best thing for you. Because what if you fall out of that playoff conversation? Yep. And then all of a sudden you, you can know, trade them for assets or sell them for what, like the worst case scenario is next year. Oh, man, he's he was so good. We have to pay him more. All right. And he's probably still oh, in RFA at the end of that. Yeah, show. he is. He right. is 25. What's the northernmost team in the NHL? Edmonton. He's going there. Why? He's from North Pole, Alaska. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Our last one I want to bring up is an interesting one. And I think we're going to have lots of conversation about this guy, especially heading into training camp. This is the former number one overall pick, Alexis Lafreniere, who has yet to really establish himself along with Capo Caco 
in New York the way that they were hoping that those players would. This seems to be the make-or-break year. What's the right deal for a guy coming off of a rookie contract where he was really only making 925? I don't believe he hit many of his bonuses, if any at all. Um, and really, I mean, it's a deep New York lineup, and that should be good for him because that means that the pressure isn't on him. What do you think? First, I'd like to apologize to Alaska. Phoenix Copley is from North Pole, oh. Alaska. Jeremy Swayman is from Anchorage. Oh, way to go, Alaska. idiot. You got wrong part of Alaska. Wow. Wow. There's like three towns. And I got, <laughs> got it wrong. Where's Sarah Palin from? Russia. <laughs> no, she can see it from her house. Uh, yeah. Oh, she can see it from yeah, sorry, down the from street there. from Russia. My bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Alexi Lafreniere is so difficult to judge. Um, there's no situation, I think, where trading him really makes much sense. You're trading him at the bottom of his value. Um, you have a new coach. Oh, but it's Peter. But Laviolette. it's Peter Laviolette, Ugh. who's not usually like, sure, rookie, come in and have these undeserved minutes. I do not. I genuinely do not have a read. Jesse, on that situation. Jesse, mm -hmm. you watched a lot of Rangers hockey last year. I did. You were a big believer in the Rangers. You're what did you sure. see? I saw a player that never got a fair shake in the lineup and hasn't for his entire career because of how much he has been yo-yoed into different positions in the uh, the entire, I was going to say top nine, but just in the entire line, he's been on the fourth line for a little bit. And I'd like to see a stable uh, Lafreniere just like, Give him a position, let him sit there, let him build some chemistry with some line mates. And they had it for a little bit in the middle of last year and then it went away. And the kids. It was the kid line. Like it was it was fun to watch. And then they they mess it up and they they go with a different uh situation. So having the new coach in there who's not gonna do that is going to be interesting to watch. And maybe maybe Laviolette's able to get the potential out of laugh. Okay. <laughs> Wild idea. How so? I'm I'm looking around the league. Who is possibly comparable to Le Alexi Lafreniere in terms of age, uh, profile, like where he was drafted, and also needing a new situation? Shane Wright. No, <laughs> no, come on. Seattle would never do that deal. Why don't you just help New York out? <laughs> <laughs> come on, help the big guys. Whoever yeah. helps New York, come on. It's just like you do a little deal. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, how, what does Detroit need to add to uh, uh, Alexi Lafreniere for Philip Zadina trade? He was free. He was free. <laughs> I, I don't. I wouldn't trade for yeah, somebody who was right. free. I'm trying to. Well, he was on is, waivers. This is why I'm. I'm trying to get creative about a Lafreniere deal. It doesn't exist, and I failed. You can't trade a number one pick that soon. It's three years so, in the in the league. I mean, here's an idea. We always talk about what does the team got to do. How about the player fucking gets better? Yeah, <laughs> that like, too. Yeah, I think it. Would Sometimes be, it's that simple. I think it would be a disservice to the Rangers to give up on their number one pick before his second contract. Okay, wait it out a little. Give him some stability. Hopefully, that's what happens. Is you wake the guy up and Figures you say, "You got to get a little better here. We need you to be what we think you can be." Now, the last one I want to bring up, and you just mentioned, how about the player gets better, Jesse? I just sent you a clip of Steve Eiserman. Uh, oh. A top five pick was waived four years into his time with the team, I believe. Uh, it's either four or five years since Zadina was drafted. 
I think he was a top five because remember he he was supposed to go like three and then he said he was going to fill Montreal's nets full of pucks. Oh, now, yeah. I did, think he was sixth. He did sign. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Sixth overall. All right. Yep. There you go. I should never argue with you on the draft thing. You always know. 2018 draft. Six over. 2018 draft. Philip Zadina. Uh, he has now been waived. Now, I want you to have a look at what Steve Eisman had to say about it. Because the contract, more than the player, caused this. Am I happy to put him on waivers? No. I signed him to a three-year contract a year ago because I believed he was going to grow. The reality now is... A, you wanted that contract. That contract may prevent you from getting that opportunity you're looking for in another organization. That's the reality for him. And unfortunately, now the so situation I thought that was interesting. is if he doesn't get claimed that he's with our organization, there's not much we can do. Uh, I have so, to put so, him on waivers. So they sign him. They can't fit him under what they want to do because they haven't seen the growth. He doesn't fit into their lineup projections, and nobody wants to pick him up because he's making close to $2 million. 1.825. I had no idea. It's a big. That's a lot of money for a guy like that. He played thirty games. He had three goals, seven points. Dude, he only played two games in Grand Rapids. Like, tell me this guy was hurt. Must have been, and not like healthy. Because I mean, at that point, yeah, the Red Wings have to own part of that. Ooh, again, like I'm, I'm just looking around the league for vaguely similar situations. Like, first of all, the the pick after Zadina. Not to turn the knife, Red Wings fans was Quinn Hughes. Oh, oh my God! That's bad. That's Ooh. bad. That's uh, not great. Three picks later <laughs> was Evan Bouchard. What do you do about that? That's not great. <laughs> no, and it's, oh, imagine, imagine Bouchard and Cider on their blue line right now. Wouldn't oh. have had to sign Justin Hall. Keandre Miller was. See, this is the thing: when around. you don't nail the your, the top end of your draft, it costs you millions of dollars, dude. But so, like, I'm looking. I'm like, okay, who's in a vaguely similar situation? I don't know. Vitaly Kravtsov. I I think he, it's this is pretty unique, but it does happen. I think you're just like, what's he gonna do now? Like again, just get better. Go to Grand yeah. Rapids, fill the nets full of pucks. That's that's your only choice. Get, get buried better. in Grand Rapids, like, are, which is gonna involve him getting waived again. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Now, when Eisman signed him to that deal, he had 24 points, but he was a negative 24 on a horrendous Red Wings team. Uh, boy, you know, it's so funny because he had showed so much flash going in the 19-2020 season. Uh, when he played 28 games that year, he had 15 points. You know, is eight goals. That's pretty good for a guy coming in. Probably not what they expected. I think they expected a 35-goal guy. But man, I, I wonder what happens with him. That's a story you got. I think we got to watch. I think this is the last year you can get away with doing something like what Eisenman did, which is what waving a young player, yeah, top ten pick in a situation where people have a little bit more cap room. Why not just take a chance and just bury him in your minor system, try and rebuild his career? He's twenty three. Well, there's so many teams still trying to do so many things. Zadina becomes available and they're like, yeah. uh, we just simply we can't. would like to, but we're trying to do other stuff. So we can't. Yeah. So they're in a different world. The teams are just like, yeah, there's roster space. Just put them there. Get a place in Grand Rapids, kid. Right. Um, one interesting thing about the 2018 draft, that was when Carolina finished 11th last in the league and they won one of the lotteries and moved up to second from 11th worst and drafted Andre Shreshnikov. Oh my God. Just 11 to second. And you get Shreshnikov? Like that's unreal and changed their franchise. Dallas, wow. if I'm not mistaken, moved up quite a bit when they got uh, Haskin in. 
Oh, despicable. And there were no trades this year. Uh, None. <laughs> so I want to get to this. Our free agency winners and our free agency losers. Okay. Uh, I asked Steve and Jesse to do some homework on this. Uh, and I'm assuming Jesse has and Steve hasn't. Uh, did you did you do your homework? Yeah. Okay, because listen. Up here. There's a track. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That so works. why don't we start with you, Jesse? Okay. Free agency team that you say is a winner. Now, this doesn't, this is your favorite team in free agency. They don't have to be the winner for everybody, but they but they probably are because in these situations you have to be as right as possible. Who are you giving your free agency winner tag to? So I'm gonna start. Start with the Colorado Avalanche. Okay. They are my free agency winner. They started with the tidy piece of work of acquiring Ryan Johansson uh, for 50% retained. They did the Bowen Byram deal, which is a tidy piece of work for 3.85 for two years. Um, I... I didn't hate the Jack Johnson deal at all because it's 775. Who cares? It's, you know, whatever. Uh, the Jonathan Druin signing is for under 900 grand. It's 825. Um, I think they did a fantastic job of filling out all of the pieces of their lineup because they have the core there to contend for a Stanley Cup. We can all agree that Colorado Avalanche are a Stanley Cup contender right now. And what they did was just supplant the rest of it with great pieces that were uh, very cheap. And now they're still in contention for the Stanley Cup. Something, like, what, what more can you ask for out of a franchise that's going for year in, year out? Something I'm really excited to see. Uh, I know he's only making 825. I know there's a, an abundance of question marks with him. The Colorado Avalanche did not sign Jonathan Drouin to never once try him with Nathan McKinnon. He is 100% going to play games or at very least shifts mm -hmm. with Nathan McKinnon. And I hope it's magic. I really do. Yeah, I, I, I like their... And food. then you think of like the uh, the new hook deal and getting assets back from Montreal for yeah. that. 31st yeah. and 37th pick. Thirty. Yeah, and then... Using that to get... It was Colton, wasn't and it? And then you use that to get Ross Colton from the Lightning. Who is probably better for your team now than new hook is. And then... The risk is long term. Uh, I haven't even mentioned, uh, I think, one of their more important deals, which is Miles Wood. Oh yeah, six years. Oh, yeah, six years and you like two, that? And two point five. I mean, that's not going to hurt. It, even it's if not going to hurt work, at all. Two and a half million dollars when the cap goes up fifteen percent. Yeah, I guess you're right. Who cares, right? Like I, I feel that's you're right, Jesse. I think there's a high upside of that working be, just because the value on that deal in two years mm -hmm. is crazy. And th those are the contracts that you need when you're paying Nathan McKinnon twelve point six million dollars. You need the two point five guys in the middle of your lineup, and a, I think Miles Wood's a perfect player for a, that. A Miles Wood or like a David Kampf, because I'm just going on the two point five million dollar mm -hmm. long term deal thing. Those type of contracts for a player of that ilk. I'm not saying these specific players because you can get injuries. They're going to be $4 million in a couple of years. Yeah, they, they they don't hurt you. They don't hurt you. Like, that's not going to hurt them long term. So I, I just listed a whole bunch of stuff that Colorado did, and I don't hate any of it. That's why they're my winner for a free agency. Wow. Non-hater, Jesse Blake. Love it. All right. Steve Dangle. Who do you give your free agency winner to? And this is so far. This can change. Trades can happen. Of course. Extensions can happen. But right now. There, you know, in free agency, I think we put too much emphasis on the players a team is able to acquire and not enough emphasis on the players they're able to keep. So I look at two teams that made it to the final four, but you want one, right? Just one. 
I do like the job Vegas did keeping Barbashev uh, and also Aiden Hill, keeping that band together, um, only losing Riley Smith. But the team I'm going to give it to is the Carolina Hurricanes um, because you keep your goaltending tandem together, but cheaper, mm-hmm. which how many situations around the league are making that happen? Their goaltending trio. Yeah. Goaltending yeah. trio. Thruple. Thruple. Yes, uh, they were able to keep that together. And then on top of that, um, you got a nice little contract there with Faust, and you were also able to get two of the marquee guys on top of your roster that was already really good. And you're speaking about, of course, Griffin Mendel. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You were able to get Orlov short-term, very little risk. You improve your back end that was already pretty good. And bunting makes you less pleasant to play against and add some more goals to your team. Love that. It's made even better if Tarasenko signs. Even better. That I mean, another thing that tips the scales a little bit is that they seem to be in on more. Still, they're not done. So to me, it's the Hurricanes. So um, I uh, I had a tie. I had a tie. And I think Carolina was 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 1A. So I'll go with my 1B, which is New Jersey. Um, I thought about them. I really like what they did. I think, first off, I because I'm a Toronto player or a Toronto guy, uh, I know Eric Shelgren. And he's more value to a, to a depth goaltending situation than I think people give him credit he for. He can play in the NHL. He can play in the NHL. And again, we talk, I, I, I think we're not in the two-goalie era anymore. We're in the three-goalie era. And even four. Potentially, yeah. Um, and we've seen it. I also have to say that New Jersey's best work um, has been extending players. Um, and, and this goes back to last summer with the Jack Hughes signing. What a fantastic contract. Even every day that contract gets better. Um, you got Luke Hughes on a, on a deal now too. But the thing that I think that they did the best work with was getting any value for Dave, Damon Severson. Uh, you know, he'd been there a long, long time. They signed him to that eight year deal in the sign and trade with Columbus. But I thought that that was a fantastic move. And that was early on in June. It freed up money. You got Brat at uh, 7.875 million per year. You got Halla, big time playoff performer, extended $3.15 million. You got Timo Meyer at 8.8 million, which is a perfect, perfect number for him. The guys they were able to keep? Yeah, 100%. Michael McLeod, even. Uh, uh, one point four million. I I don't you know that's a good contract, and I think the you know the Shane Bowers thing, good depth. I I love what New Jersey has done. I hate it because uh, you, so New Jersey is one of those teams like I wish they were my team, you know. And that I think they've done a fantastic job. The Meyer and the Brat numbers were the ones I was most interested in in terms of you know the being the marquee guys and what they're good and the fact that they're both under one's under nine, one's under eight is incredible. I'm shaking my head at them getting to Foley. Yeah, and that too. Mm-hmm. I forgot the Tavoli oh, trade. I'm just completely that's, shaking. Well, and that's what freed them up not to re-sign Thomas Tatar, right? Because you've got the upgrade with Tafoli, and Tafoli's one more upgrade. year. And oh if, my god! And there's no risk with Tafoli if if he doesn't if it doesn't work out or if he's great. Either way, it's good. Uh, he could have a pretty bad season by his standard and be better than Tatar. So before we get to the uh, uh, the the free agency losers, I just want to say there's something that affects your pick. Okay. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko has a new agent. Um, oh, so please uh, tell me Dan Milstein. It's not Dan Milstein, ah! I believe. I'm just pulling it up right now. Uh, Fridge had it, so uh, give me a second. Um, but essentially, uh, his what the, what this means as the process uh, since J.P. Barry and Papri Son of CAA are taking over, 
He said, what Fried says is what this means is no deal is in place with any team and the process resets today. So there was a leaning towards oh. Carolina. Doesn't so mean they resets. won't get him, but now they reset it all. Interesting. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Wow. I mean, those are two heavy hitters. Abs huge. Probably the two biggest heavy hitters. So I, I think you might get paid. Jesse, <laughs> your free agency loser so far. Uh, eventually, the first of the month, rolls around and you got to pay your rent you know rent is due at the first and with the tampa bay lightning they had a good 29 days of the month and then the 30th rolled around they're like oh shit we won a bunch of stanley cups and now the rent is due and that's what happened this free agency where they all they could do was get rid of guys who've been there for long you know kalorn goes to the ducks and then you got to trade colton for a little bit of draft compensation to the Colorado avalanche who we just talked about and it's more of what happened last year with your favorite player in the world, Andre Pilat, who had to go to New, Jer New Jersey because Tampa couldn't fit him in. And it just seems like every year they lose the offseason because there's no room to do anything anymore for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They don't even have a backup goalie right now. No, they, they don't have a goalie. Mark Jones is available. And and yeah. their their biggest deals this offseason were bringing in Connor Sheary and uh, Luke Glendening. Who will fit perfectly, I'm Sure. Sure. Like Luke Lennetting, who had a good playoff for, for yeah, Dallas. Sure, Dallas. sure. Yeah, but <sighs> it's just there's nothing there's nothing to do for the Lightning because they already have raises uh, for Eric Chernak, uh, Sergachev, and Sorelli. Like those are those are coming up oh, this those year. Those all kick in. Those all kick in oh, this dear. year. So that's your cap space. It's unfortunate for the Lightning, but it's gonna. It seems like. Every year here on out until, you know, there's actually a regroup of the dynasty and they, they can't they can't have these stars anymore. Every year is going to be a loser situation for the Lightning. So they're my number one loser this offseason. That is nobody, fascinating. Nobody thinks they're going to be bad. No, no. no. But they can't, if we're talking about the free agency period, their free agency period from here on out is we sell off the guys who got us those championships and now uh, we bring in... Uh, C-level free agents. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse, if you have their cap-friendly page. I can get that for you. Are they you. still over? Do they still owe Tanner Janot a new deal? They do owe Tanner Janot a new deal. And that's, right that's now, tough. right now, they are uh, $3 million over the cap, but with LTAR, they'd have $2.9 million, which still isn't a lot. What's Tanner Janot really worth, though? I mean, uh, they've traded you could, you could six assets. Yeah, yeah, but you could squeeze him. No, no. If if I'm Tanner Janot, you paid six pieces to get me. Okay, then you yep. can sit. You're 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 not. I will. Good. Sit. Hockey hurts. I'll chill. Mm. <laughs> you can you can chill and make nothing. Uh, Tanner Janot should be smart. Take a one year deal at a low price. Establish oh. yourself in Tampa and then go. That, that's what you got to do. That's what Tanner. No, because if you're Tanner Janot, they may have overpaid for Tanner Janot, and I think that they did, and I think it was a bad trade. I totally agree with uh, all yeah, of that. Yeah, but. Tanner Janot has not played well enough. It's one It's one thing when you get traded in the summer and you're an RFA. Okay, now you have to sign because you just traded assets. You get traded at the trade deadline. They saw what he was. His number or, is like one and a half to two. Oh, no. I think you're misreading the situation. Yeah. What do you think, he, what do you think his number is? Uh, higher than that. I think his... Put a number on it. Flag in the earth. If I'm Janot, I'm looking at what Bunting got. Get the fuck out of here. No way. I'm 100%. Tanner Janot. Bunting got. 
Okay, let me. I want to look at this guy's stat. With I got to know. With term, though. I got to know. I want more term. Tanner Janot had uh, 41 points once and 18 points last year. Four million? You didn't really, you didn't trade for him to put up points. Look at the goals. 24 and then six. 24. And then That's six. That's what I'm pointing at. What have you done for me lately? He had one goal in 20 games in Tampa. Been acquired for six. Yeah. He had I two. Five picks. He played three games for the Lightning in the playoffs and had no points. He, he was hurt. injured. Yeah. Still didn't, still didn't get any points in the three games he was in. Result you're not, he's going to get gonna a big see, deal, Adam. You're not going to see a massive deal. It's not going to be the hugest thing in the world. It could not like be term, but like term. it's going to be it's going to be a lot. I think more than one point five million dollars. I think if he does a six year deal, I think he, he gets more than Miles Wood did. Tanner, you know, yes. Adam, look what they gave up for him. I'm not saying I think it's a great idea. I'm just saying I think that's what they But do. he came and wasn't good. He came and was hurt. In 20 games, he was he was hurt immediately from the first game. That guy made no appreciable in- impact. They thought he was the yeah, next Brandon Hagel. Cut him loose. He's no good. Oh no, I think I think there's potential. But to say that he's worth a the Michael, potential. Michael Bunting's coming off of two 60-point plus seasons. Yeah, look who That's why Michael Bunting got the money Michael Bunting got and he was a UFA. I'm just saying. Oh, man. Okay, listen, if you're right, fine. But like, holy shit, that would be a terrible move. He'll get paid. He'll Squeeze get that player. Or he'll get both. You watch. Wow. Okay. All right. Je- uh, now, Steve, Jesse, were you finished, by the way? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Steve, who are you giving it to? The free agency loser. Of free agency. This one was a hard one for me. Um, because you typically want to look at who had the worst deals. I don't really think there were a ton there were a few deals I wouldn't have done. They were the, quite the deals this year were quite conservative. There weren't it wasn't crazy money yeah. being spent because there wasn't a lot of money to spend. A lot of people hated the Jari deal, but then I look at Pittsburgh, they got better. Achari made them better. So who's your who's your team? Please name your team for God's sake. I sakes. like painting a picture, man. Uh, my team's the Calgary Flames. Um, they came into this. They have a ton of business to do. They have done almost none of it. They made one trade where they got pantsed on the Tyler Toffoli deal. They did. Pantsed. They really did. Horrible fleecing of a deal. You don't like Sharon Govich? With the de- I mean, he's 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 just not Tyler Toffoli. It was Sharon Govich and a third for Tyler Toffoli. That's not good return. It's not. Okay. You haven't traded any of the other guys, so you're not going to get any marks there. They're saying that Lindholm is holding up the process because they're trying to get him extended, and he has now turned them down three times. So, okay, you failed three times then. Um, and you're, as a result, all that work that you have to do in the trade market, your biggest free agent signing is probably a tie between Dryden Hunt and Jordan Osterley. You lost. Wow. Good pick. All right. I, I like agree. It. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, I wasn't sure about this pick, but I reached out to somebody who uh, wrote a very, very good article for TSN.ca, and that would be one Travis Yost. Ooh. And Travis Yost's article uh, was about a specific goaltender. And that goaltender is Eunice Corpusella. 
Eunice Corpusallo signed a pretty big extension in Ottawa. I thought about this. Five-year deal. Not extension. Sorry. Brand new contract. Five-year deal. Four million per. It's a lot less risky and a lot less money. In fact, it's 66% of the amount of money that they gave Matthew Murray. But at least Matt Murray had won a couple cups. Corpusallo, we keep expecting to be good. But he's been in platoon situation after platoon situation. And it's interesting. I did not pick the Senators. Oh, the reason I told you that is oh, to tell you, get your pick. Yeah, I, you can't you can't yell at Steve and then do some where get your pick. walk around the mulberry bush. Like, what are you doing? The reason I I the I what? told you that the mulberry bush with the mulberry bush. You didn't walk around. <laughs> your sayings are sometimes just the Here wackiest. Here we go around the mulberry. Bush. <laughs> you didn't walk around the mulberry bush, uh, you guys. My my pick is the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm yeah, because you hate Kyle surprised. Dubas. No, I don't hate Kyle you Dubas. You hate him. I don't. But I'll tell you this. So I, I reached out to Travis over DM. First off, you should read this article about Corpusallo because I said, okay. So I get you on the Corpusallo thing. The goalie I have questions about is Tristan Jari. I agree with that. And I asked him to do a goal save versus expected. Corpusallo and Tristan Jari. Do you know what the results were? No. Corpusallo is better, I assume, because the eye test says Corpusallo is better. They are exactly the same. Oh, there you go. And Tristan Jari got more money. Now, Travis did say Jari had that one good year and he was outstanding. That was before COVID. This, oh, this isn't last year. Jari, no, no, this isn't last. This, this is, is this their is career. career. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Cumulatively. Oh, okay, okay. I imagine it's trending in opposite directions. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they're, they're exactly the same. They come out exactly. What the was same. it? Do you have it? What it was last? Uh, Jari apparently was pretty good in 21, 22 as well. But the um, the goals uh, save above expected is not good. He and, routinely plays poorly when the Penguins need him most. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. And so, he's, or he's injured. So or this that. is the thing. And and I understand why Kyle Dubas had to go in there and do the Latang Crosby Malkin thing at least one more year. I don't understand sure. why you had to do the Tristan Jari thing. For five more years. There's not a lot out there. It, but there is a lot out there. Who would he have This is your opportunity to go out and go get Connor Hellebuck. Or John Gibson. Even. What? They don't, yeah, have, they don't have assets. That's the problem. Okay, so you sign him to a five-year deal? Uh, sign Martin Jones to be your starter? Okay, I, well, it, okay does it make them appreciably better? Because this no. guy, I am... Uh, I, and I think Pittsburgh fans would agree. Nobody's convinced on this guy. So I'm super not convinced on Jari. Um, I've come around a little bit on Ryan Graves. That contract still gives me the yips a little bit, but mm-hmm. I've come around. Term is supposed it. to be good, but Ryan Graves is 28 years old, four and a half million. Yeah. I mean, there is. He's never played quite this role, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of a late age to be getting that role for the first time. Um, um, I like the Will Butcher signing, which happened two days ago. I, I, like I still think Will Butcher. Uh, I don't mind Nolachari. That's a great contract. Riley but, Smith for th- a third. But you've got Nedeljkovic Jari as your goalies next year. And you claim because this maybe is, to remember, guys, this isn't just what the Penguins did. This is what the Penguins expectations are. And then what they did. The expectation is you're trying to get Sidney Crosby a cup. What what uh, what could they give Winnipeg for Connor Hellebuck? That's not my fucking job. Jari? My, his fucking job, Kyle Dubas's job, is to go out and be bold. And all he's done is solidify, essentially, what 
he had last year. The main players for Pittsburgh last year, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Jari, and Marcus Pedersen, Gensel. who's actually great. Brian Ross. Love Marcus Pedersen. He's got, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's eaten along the edges. He's brought Lars Eller in. Gensel shocked me last year. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a better player. Matt what, do about, what do you think about Jan Ruda? Uh, Jan Ruda, player the of best all time. one. <laughs> He's probably the greatest defenseman that didn't win the Norris this year. Yeah, they should have gone out and got Halak. Yeah. His contract should be. <laughs> I mean, Jan Ruda's contract should be double digits. It should. It should. It should. You know <laughs> well, what? He, he needs to be. Times twelve. He should be ten point one million just so he beats out Bobrovsky. Yeah. Uh, I I think I think at the end of the day, um, you have to look at a team's expectations. What are we expecting to do? like Calgary, what are we expecting to do? And then what did we do to help get us there? And I'm having a really hard time, aside from Graves being okay and Achari being a good third-line player who I loved and wanted to keep in Toronto. Badly. I'm trying to... I am struggling how to see how a year older Crosby, a year older and very often injured Malkin, a year older and very often injured Latang, and, and sometimes that's out of his control. Even Jeff Heller. Carter. <laughs> Jeff Carter's deal yeah. is still there? No. There's obviously still moves to do here, but based on where the Pittsburgh Penguins want to go in the next 24 months, that's challenging for the Cup with the Crosby era. There is nothing about this team that is appreciably better. Nothing. Mm. Nothing. I think you're being too harsh. I'm not... Well, I, okay, I can't sorry, Ryan Braves I, is the big difference maker for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I can't decide if I love what they did, but I don't... I don't think they're 32 of 32 in in that regard. I think based on their expectations, they are. And I think the biggest mistake the Pittsburgh Penguins are making right now is not rebuilding around just Crosby. So here's here's a fun thought. Dubas is going from... Retool, excuse me, retool. Yeah, Dubas is going from... Every year we said the Leafs need to contend. Mm-hmm. Did any of us believe that? We wanted them to. Well, you got to get into the playoffs, right? You what do you mean? They the did play- contend every year. Jesse. They were in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. The Penguins weren't. Yeah. What do you, what do you Contending mean? Contending is being within arm's reach of the cup. Oh, okay. Well, we have different definitions. Well, I would. I mean, I would like say, they got to the playoffs. Let's, every let's year. call it got, got to the playoffs. Yeah. And like they had a chance to win a round every year. Like that was contending for the Leafs. But Dubas is walking into a market where we expect to win the cup because we have. Mm-hmm. which he never got in Toronto. Right. On account of, I don't know if you know this, but they've had a long-standing cup drought. Let's play a game, okay? Hockey? Let's play a game. Oh, okay. Uh, are the Pittsburgh Penguins better than? Okay. It's a division question. Okay. Are the Pittsburgh Penguins better than the Columbus Blue Jackets? Yes. Are the Pittsburgh Penguins better than the Philadelphia Flyers? Yes. Are the Pittsburgh Penguins better than the Washington Capitals? I would say so. I think so. They're yeah. close in my mind. Close. And I think if Washington has a bounce back year, that's in question. Are the Pittsburgh Penguins better than the New York Islanders? It's close. Depends on what the Islanders do this summer, right? They need a goal. Sc- they need some goal scoring. It's close. It's very close. close. Are they better than the Rangers? No. Are they better than the Devils? No. Are they better than Carolina? No. Are they a cup contender? So what's going Not on? Really. This is my thing. Where the, 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 the stated goal is to go for the cup with Sidney Crosby. You are not better than three of the top four teams. And it's a and it's sort of a tie leaning the Islanders way. There's still kind of a tweener team, you're right. What are you? What are you, Pittsburgh? I don't think they got worse though. What are you though? 
are you are you Sidney Crosby's resume? Or is there a team forming in the future with a true identity like what created the great teams in 15 and 16 and 2009? I think they are a bottom of the East playoff team. And once you get into the playoffs with the core that they have, they always have a shot. And then you put Jari in high high pressure games. They also have a three goalie system where one of them could work out. Not dissimilar dissimilar to the Toronto situation where they had Samsonov and Murray. You just kind of roll the dice and you say, I hope something works here. Well, Dubas has pretty bad luck with this. Um, If if they go into the season with obviously Jari, but then DeSmith, Nadalkovich, he's going to put one of them on waivers and I think one of them gets claimed. Yeah. Oh, and like Dubas. I'm not even saying that it's Dubas. Of course he'll get claimed. Yeah, <laughs> people are just fucking with him. I am not. <laughs> listen, this isn't to say that Kyle Dubas can't do it. I'm actually a big believer in Kyle Dubas's systems and his planning or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about this week. We're talking about this team, and we're talking about this team's expectations in the next, in the very near term. He has convictions. He's never half pregnant. No. So it's and I. This is a person I have a ton of respect for, but I think yeah. that this. This was not a very good week stretch, a couple week stretch for Kyle Dubas. I don't think it was. And I think it's okay to admit that. Could have been better. Could have been worse. He did some good things, did some not so great. You just won't admit it, huh? I won't admit it. Why? Okay, it's not the worst. You're asking for the worst. I'm asking for the worst based on expectations. The Penguins are disappointing. The Flames are fucked. You see the difference? <laughs> but listen, are the Flames fucked? Or if Markstrom has a bounce back year and they keep all those guys in expiring contracts, are they a playoff team? The Penguins, one year from now, will have a hockey team. Uh-huh. The Calgary Flames, uh, as of right now, don't, I don't have players committed. That's funny. Jesse, were we talking about how the teams will look a year from now, or are we talking about how they look right now? I think we all had our picks. I think that was the experiment. We all had our separate picks. I'm telling you. The mo- the- I'm still waiting for Adam to be like, but my real pick. <laughs> I think I think Pittsburgh will be extremely disappointing this year if they remain this way. Let Kyle cook. All right. I'll let him cook. Just so saying. Uh, Jesse, do we have time for a press conference or are we moving? Do you want to do it? Let's do it. Okay. The Presser. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. My other two picks were the Red Wings and the Senators. <laughs> I think the Red Wings did it. I'm not sure what the hell's going on. You're gonna 40, well, let's, let's go in depth. How come? 42 picks. Just saying. I don't know what the Red Wings are doing. I don't like the summer the Utica Comets had. <laughs> Torpedo Nishna Novgorod. I don't, I don't really like it. No? No. Uh, this is from Leif Erickson on Twitter. Fire burn. Who does Adam believe had the stronger claim to the throne of England during world during the War of the Roses? <laughs> okay. York or Lancaster? <laughs> <laughs> were the, the Lancaster? What? Uh, the were the Yorkists? They were the they were the. Oh, hold on, hold on. I gotta just make sure I've got this right. Adam, do you um, have what it takes to answer this question? Not at the moment. I just have to remember which one. Mm. Adam also used to so do a, I think a the radio York- bit called War of the Roses. I, yeah, I did. Uh, Yorkists, I believe, were the ones that were, they were the, 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 the king was already their guy. Like, I think they had the better claim, but I'm pretty sure they lost. I don't know the, what War of the Roses as well as I should. It's a good question, though. <laughs> That, that's your answer? That's my answer. Okay. This is an attack on entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know anything about it. I don't know I don't know it as well as I should. It All happened right. 600 years ago. This is from David Schlemko. 
He's an MBA. Oh, these David, oh. the David Schlemko. Yeah, <laughs> that David Schlemko. Who are you more excited about losing, Kerfoot or Hall? Oh, Kerfoot. <laughs> Hall. Why Hall? I mean, I'm not excited. Nah, I'm excited. I'm so, okay. Listen, Kerfoot didn't get a raise, which means he lost money. No, Kerfoot didn't get a raise, which mean which means the Leafs signed him to too much money four years ago. I agree with that. Um, yeah, it's so good when you commit term to everybody right before um, the biggest uh, <sighs> pandemic in a century. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they did with a number of players, and Kerfoot was one of them. Kerfoot is at very least useful. He was just overused. Um, I, I'm sorry, Justin Hall's not useful to anybody at $3.4 million. Um, there were a lot of nights where he looked pretty good. There were a lot of nights where you're like, oh yeah, that's a third pair guy. And he even had flashes of being more than that. 3.4 with term. Does it hurt? Eisenman bumped his head. Does that contract hurt in a couple of years when the cap's up anyway? Yeah. Yeah, a little. That dude, like, don't just don't put him on. Don't put him in high pressure situations unless it's the penalty. It's hockey. I don't. I know, but that's what I mean. Like, that's where he fucks up. What is he supposed to do? If somebody's bearing down on him, it's over. Kerf. Yes. First of all, yes. Uh, Kerfoot staying at his number is not lovely, but it's fine. Hall staying at his number, I think, would have been fine. He, He nearly doubled his salary. Where did that number come from? I don't know. 3.4. No. Can I can I give you a different spin on this? Sure. I'll tell you why I'm excited to see. I, first off, I am excited for the Leafs to move on from both players for sure. Um, I think they're the two two of the players that Kyle Dubas, if, if anything, uh, was one of the most stubborn people uh, the Leafs have ever had as a GM, and that's good in Toronto because you don't want a GM who kind of Wish shifts with the wind. Yeah. But he's stubborn to a fault to the point where he'll tell you with a straight face that Cody CC did a good job here. He didn't. Um, trade for him. But uh, what I would say with especially Kerfoot is sometimes it's great when the coach's toys are taken away. Yes. And I am really excited to see what Sheldon Keefe does with somebody who he isn't comfortable with. I said this last episode. I want to see management push this coach. He's a good coach. He's got a great record with this team. I want to see Sheldon Keefe actually get it, you know, shaken up a little bit. And Alex Kerfoot, uh, Steve put it best, busy nothing. Does a lot of busy nothing. He can also this, uh, he's, busy guys, nothing. he skates fast and he's capable of 20 goals. He never got there. I want to see what the Leafs have to do without guys like that, without Mr. Safety Blanket. And you knew when Kerfoot was in the top six, they were fucked. They were, they were never going to do well. I'd rather put mo- riskier players in that position to see if they work than put a safe player in there who I know doesn't. So... You know, Max Domi, there's red flags with his game and his defensive. and John Klingberg. Yeah, for sure. But like just using Domi as an example because he can play wing, he can play center, he's a playmaker. There's a lot of similarities to Kerfoot. Um, Domi is probably going to put you in more precarious situations than Kerfoot would. But you know what Domi might do on occasion is uh, score... And I think Kerfoot's, and and be a factor in the play. I think he Kerfoot's, might be a factor in the game. I will say I think Kerfoot's going to have a good season. Sure, he's going to get all the ice time. Who else is playing for them? Like no one. He's going to get to play with Clayton Keller. Yeah, and and this is the thing with Domi is like you you can appreciably like you've seen the teams he's played for. There have been games where he has uh, been a factor. 
It's like, wow, that Ty Do- or not Ty Domi, Max Domi, that's going to be hard for me. Max Domi He'll hit. Has, has changed the flow of this game. When have you ever heard that about Kerfoot? Ever heard that about Hall? Scored a big playoff goal. Can I ask another question? Next question. Okay, thanks. Uh, this is from Michael Czar. What's the best midnight snack? Oh, I think the answer has got to be cheese. <laughs> got to be it, cheese. Do you order it in or is it in your fridge? Yeah, already? shredded cheese, like in the bag, and you just kind of grab a scoop oh, of it. You always Crackers have to clean up after cheese that. Cheese is good. Okay. Um, you ever do the old Trisket pizza? You put a bunch of cheese on Triscuits no. and then you microwave it. Well, no. that sounds good. Yeah. But, in, oh, man. Well, because cheese is two-pronged. One, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's three-pronged. One, it's delicious. Two, it's versatile. Is it a liquid? Is it a solid? It can't decide. The other, cheese dreams. I don't know what that is. You what don't is, know what cheese dreams Never are? heard of it either. No. What's a cheese dream? Cheese gives you fucked up dreams. Was that scientifically proven? I don't know, <laughs> but I choose to believe it. And every now and then, I'm like, I want to watch a really cool movie in my sleep. I'm going to have a piece of cheese. This is weird. I have it right before bed. This is, I wish I'd ever asked this. Look up cheese dreams. <laughs> I'm going to look up cheese Adam, dreams. Adam, do you have a, something you like to snack on? Okay, like, now, I, I, am, first off, I, two questions. Am I ordering this in or is it in my fridge already? You tell me. Okay. Uh, and have I, had, have I had an edible? No. Okay. I haven't had an edible. No, you are right of mine. Listen, okay. I think the best one is popcorn. I think you oh, yeah. makes the house smell ah. good. Uh, uh, you can do so many things I to do it. I like popcorn. Right? Mm-hmm. Popcorn to me. What about you, Jess? Um, chocolate covered almonds. Ooh. They're fantastic. Do you just keep those regularly at your house? I have a little candy bowl on my living room table. It has wow, you're a, co- you're a grandpa. It has, it has chocolate-covered almonds and Werther's Originals. Do you have Werther's no, Originals? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding about the Werther's Do you, do you carry them around in your pocket? Yeah. <laughs> you guys, I remember when soda pop and a pizza was five cents. Uh, by the way, the uh, apparently the Leafs team jet is in Calgary right now. Just thought I'd let you know. The MLSE jet is in Calgary at the moment. The dude used to work there. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, Jesse, what else we got? What if Steve wants to say something? <laughs> you got more to add to the snack conversation? <laughs> From BBC, there's no robust evidence that cheese causes nightmares, or in fact, much that proves the theory wrong either. No, that I That means think, it's right. I think uh, the lack of evidence I, might be an indication that it's not here's true. Here's all I've the evidence I it. need. I have a little piece of cheese before bed. And I have a good dreamy time. This is from Sweet Roll on Twitter. Will Adam be going to any Devils games next year? Oh, I probably could. Now that you don't work I probably could. at your other job, you got some free time to go on road trips. Get down to the Prudential Center and be like, no, fuck off, New York. I'm going to Jersey. Um, yeah. I, you know what? If, if I get to go, I want to go with those guys that we saw on the pedal bikes in Nashville. They yeah. were, there was like 12 to 15 New Jersey fans that we saw. Our Nashville video isn't out yet, by the way. So that's coming. You'll meet the guys in the video, I assume. They just seem like a party. So yeah. if they're available, I would like to hang out with them for an evening and just party because they were they seem like a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Hell yeah. I want to see a New Jersey game up close. First of all, talking to post having a job, Adam is adorable because mm-hmm. you're like, hey, do you want to do this? And Adam, oh, 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 I can't. I, can. I, I, 
I had never even thought of that before. I would, I would love to do that. That's just, the world is my oyster. Yep. Yep. I'm down. Second. Second. Yeah. There is a place we're going. Where we come going? hell or high water, we're going to this place. Are you saying this now? I want to. Okay, Jesse. Do you think you should say it? I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea what he's saying. I know what he's saying. Uh, Steve wants to go to Sweden for the uh, <laughs> for the Leafs game. I'm, I'm saving time because I don't know how he was going to set it up, but it was going to be 14 minutes. We're going to start with the zoo. I was going to say it into the camera. Yeah, Jesse. I was going to start with the zoo. One day you saw a gorilla and then you talked to Taidomi at the zoo and you found out the zoo <laughs> might have been like invaded by Mike Weirs and then they turned out to be good friends with some Swedish people and now you're going back to meet them all and... Uh, a bunch of stuff, you know. Stockholm, <laughs> <laughs> like the stock, like the syndrome you have right now. Yeah, <laughs> being trapped with us for a decade. No, Stockholm <laughs> syndrome. It's like would imply that I have an affection towards Jesse right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't. I don't. <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, this is from Nick Andrade, producer of the Chris Johnson Boo. show. You mean the guy who bails on plans all the time, Nick Andrade? <laughs> what? He just bailed on us in national. So Adam's got time. personal beef with Nick, it, apparently. I do. He's got <laughs> Nick said, "Would you rather fight ten horse-sized Brendan Shanahan's or a hundred duck-sized Kyle Dubas? No, duck-sized Kyle Dubas." <laughs> I don't want to face a horse-sized. He's already the I'm size of a horse. I'm not one horse-sized Brendan Shanahan. I'm not beating one Brendan Shanahan-sized Brendan Shanahan. No, but like, it, how old is he? No, even that. No, 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 no. old enough to even kick now, your ass, Jesse yeah, Blake. Yeah. Um, but just think of how disgusting it would be, <laughs> stomping on and murdering 100 duck-sized <laughs> Kyle Dubases. That was what a mess. Not a good, good thought. I don't like that question, Nick. Do I get a weapon? <laughs> it was a better question. Can the weapon be a lawnmower? <laughs> For efficiency. That's not nice. Yeah, well, you know what's not nice? 100 duck-sized humans attacking There's me. a TikTok account that does this. I'll, I'll oh, yeah, it, they do like I'll a... Look it up oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking no, about. There's a TikTok that takes these experiments. They'll have 100 gorillas versus like four million chickens and yeah. they'll have them compete in like a simulation and you watch it we should watch one and at the beginning the two of you bet on who you think i'm gonna in. win i'm in and then we'll play it out on the show i'm in and then one of you will come out the victor oh boy we should good. do that that was oh good Jesse. we should do that i like very it good. <laughs> i'm into it man let's steve's do it. upset he He's didn't mad get to about talk the about sweden <laughs> stockholm we're very excited <laughs> To come with my friend Adam and Jesse also. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I won't be there. You're not coming? No, I got plans. What are you doing? It's like in things, November. I got things to do. It's going to be dark AF, eh? I got things to do. It's going to be like cold Michael, and dark. Might go hang out with some real hockey insiders. Yeah. Not like, Steve over CJ's here. CJ's going to be there too. <laughs> Brendan Manel. Brendan Manel. <laughs> <laughs> Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.